Also, I don't want to join the same way the public join. Surely I should have a different thing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I know you don't mean what I think you mean. Yeah. What do you mean? How could I click the same link that the public don't try to be there? Surely I must, I need to be, in, I must That's be, I don't want to be like in the makeup and the thing. I should have a different link. Should I press something that makes me admin straight away or something? I don't want to be in Jetty Park. I can't. to pick your phone up than actually have your laptop. No, but the interface for the, like, on the computer, if I'm actually going to use it... I know it's lovely, it, but it means that you only use, use it whilst you're here. Huh? It means you're only going to use it whilst you're here. No, I use it when I'm at home. I use my laptop. All right, cool. I don't want it on my phone. That's too much access. All right, you're not telling me. <laughs> <laughs> don't use it. You can't access me then. That's crazy. Got... What do you mean, that's too much access? It's going to be your access. phone. You're already on the app. The access has been granted. Yeah, the app's not on my phone. Yeah, but you have an account on there, so the access is already... Like, is, you've been accessed. Yeah, but I had to go on it to use it. It's not like a everyday thing. It's not like a summon you kind of thing. You, you know what I'm saying? You can turn your status to invisible. So you can be in, but not... That's how my PlayStation That's how my PlayStation set. Does my set... Does my set available? Everybody thinks I haven't been online for two years and I've been online every day. <laughs> the little things, eh? It's the little yeah. things. That helps. All right. Well, I'm still, glad we've sorted that out. Still looking for this private... We're live, you know. Brent, I know we're live. Oh, okay. He's just doing what he's doing. No, no, this is this is you now. <laughs> this is me now. This is you. Good morning, people. It's Thursday, finally. Oh, my gosh. This week is killing me, I'll tell you that. It's Thursday, the 8th of February. Welcome to TDA, the day after your favourite news platform and the home of popular culture, as defined by the culture. And you guys know, oh. you're always hosted by the best. Interesting characters, I tell you. Well, let's introduce ourselves, please. It's your boy, Six Foot Plus of Pure Temptation, Big Marsh from the east side of the bridge. Good morning, people. As always, your favorite shade queen, my own royalty. And they call me you, man, the pro black activist, TDA producer, a news analyst, and of course, the melanin is jump packed. Amen to that. How is everyone this morning? Brent, are you in here with us today? Yeah, I am. Morning, morning. Uh, apologies for the tardiness. We were looking, well, I was looking to set up our TDA hotline on Discord. However, it's working fantastically well last night. Mm. Decided to start doing some hiccups this morning. What I was going to do is allow um, for the, the ability to call in mm. to be moved to the TDA Discord hotline. hotline, so that more people um, would be able to join on stage 
and join our conversation. Mm. Um, and obviously, we could, you know, remove people if, if we wanted to. So mm. it would have been like a, a call waiting yeah. feature. But God willing, it will be up and running tomorrow. Yes. Might even look to lock off the YouTube live chat and say that we can move it to Discord. Okay. Um, just to get people accustomed to um, that particular that UI over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Download it, man. The link is in. Link is pinned. It's not. It's not. It's I not. That's very awkward. <laughs> well, I'll I'll put it back up. Um, yes, just now. It will be up. Uh, so good morning, uh, Teddy Tibbs. Good morning, Mercy. Good morning, T. Good morning, morning. Sorry, uh, Mirad. Um, good morning, Timmy Boe. Good morning, Chijoki. Yes, Chijoki, you can call in. Who's uh, Timmy Boe? Timmy Boe. Uh, that's um Christie's boyfriend. I'll... As you were. Uh, Chijoke, uh, yes, you can call in during reaction to talk about um, <laughs> Nigeria's successes. Uh, just scrape through. What did, Good did morning, you get fired just... or something? Did you get fired? Who? who? Chijoke, why is he asking to have to call because in? I thought he was a correspondent. His calls were locked off the other day, isn't it? No, that's not why. <laughs> He's just asking politely. He's a polite man. He's a gentleman. Better than me, I would just call in. This is right. Good morning, Jin and Jess. Good morning, Amy Snow Globe. Good morning, KM. Good morning, Christy. Good morning, Alexander. Good morning, Fabio from Brazil. Hola, hola, hola. Good morning, Jay Good. Good morning, Oyen. Good morning, Reggie. Can you imagine? Reggie? Yeah. We got Reggie. Good morning, Sarah. Sorry. Or Sarah. Good morning, Fernand. Good morning, Josh Show. Good morning, Everest. And good morning, Brian. Boom. Done. Reggie, is it you I follow on Instagram? Because someone by the name of Reggie followed me and I just assumed it was Reggie. Yeah, I might so. be in Discord more than I thought. You know, there's some things in there. Okay. So can you let me... Please put the camera back on me. <laughs> Come on, mate. No, there's some Jones. Okay, that's great. There's a couple... Excuse yeah. me. Run back to me. <laughs> This is important conversations. Same. So, Reggie, can you message me yeah, if it is you? As in, DM me on the profile I think is you. So, I know if it's not you, so I can unfollow that brother. Because I don't know who that is. I don't know that man. I don't know that man. Sorry to that man. All right. You were speaking about mm. the women, the fine women. There's a couple ones and twos in there. What the hell was a one and two? Ones and twos, isn't it? You know what I'm saying? Who are the threes and fours? <laughs> <laughs> what are ones and twos? I don't know. That's just like a um, thing. It's just a saying. Don't you just say that? Yeah. <laughs> are you lying? I don't want to hear nothing about Iman no more. I might have to change, change my seat. Damn. I can't sit in front of this man anymore. I've had enough. <laughs> I've had enough. I'm, I've had enough. Okay. Well, okay. Ones and twos, threes and fours. That's great. I feel like people say they're just gonna go and do things. I like got go through do a few ones and twos, just a uh, stuff. I was two two things. I didn't think one ever came into the conversation. I don't know who. Don't know where that came from, but it's a thing because I didn't make it up just now. Well, Killies and Killettes, Mark is on Discord now. Don't message me. Before <laughs> you said this <laughs> ones and twos. <laughs> Can you even private message on Discord? Yes. Oh. But I said that's one of the rules anyway. That's one of the, okay. I <laughs> said <laughs> <laughs> we're about to find out. That's one of the rules anyway. Because both of them rules up. Except my friend with Chris Johnson. <laughs> 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 such a hoe. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. This is jokes. <laughs> com com comedy style. <laughs> Not comedy style, all right. Yeah. And he said he doesn't have IG. 
So it's an imposter. You've been bamboozled. No, I haven't been bamboozled. I don't reply messages anyway. Where is it? Remove follower. <laughs> no, actually, I don't follow. He can follow me. It's a remove follower. You know, that's a bit much. So I remove a follower any day, boy. They didn't do that. No, not him. But on the reg, sometimes some people have to be removed. I don't want you following me. Don't follow me. I don't want any associations <laughs> with you whatsoever. Yeah, man. I'm a soft blocking queen. My, that's my bag. How are you guys doing anyway? Before we get into our very busy show. Can't complain. There you go. <laughs> you can't <laughs> complain. <laughs> Brent Marks, how are you guys doing? I'm all right. No complaints from me. I'm I mean, it's no forum to complain anyway, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> he said no complaints with me. How do I change my picture? Brent? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you very much. This is what, so this is what your experience on the show is going to be today. Hmm? You figuring out Discord and just... All right, yeah, let's quickly get to hear that. Okay, in you know, there's, a, there's a comment from... Spotify. Oh, yes, there is. Yes, from good old Mark. I'm I knew on... Mark would come from my Big up, Mark. He said... I, you know, this comment would piss me off if I was Brent. But anyway, one sec. It says... To be honest, Marg's landed it still. Marg said the same <laughs> thing Brent said. This was yesterday about the whole um, kerfuffle about... Was Marg the one who sent the comment? Yeah, so now oh, he's saying Marg's landed it. Look at this, look Yo, at me. Wait, let me finish the message, wait. Oh, fuck. To be honest, Marg's landed it still. Esther, you added an angle to it that I didn't consider previously. Much love and more life from Ontario. It's what's CA, Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, and you. shout out to No Behaviour Pod. That's why I said let me land it. Okay. He's a killie. So no, whatever Achille. he said was always going to... See you in July, man. Whatever he said was always going to land. <laughs> <laughs> Toronto, baby. <laughs> Big up, Mark. <laughs> All of that said. Let's get into our headlines, please. It's like no one's talking in it. So that there's no... YouTube live chat. So the chat, the will, chat be will be in there. In mm. the Discord. Just so people are accustomed to it. Oh, oh but we, we have like running, a TDA live. If we're running simultaneously. Yeah, the yeah. Okay. Mm. Okay. Alright guys. So our first headline. <laughs> Hamas has laid out a series of demands, including exchanging hostages for Palestinian prisoners and rebuilding Gaza in response to an Israel-backed ceasefire proposal. The armed group wants a full withdrawal of Israeli forces and an end to the war after three 45-day truce periods. The offer is likely to be unacceptable to Israel's Prime Minister, who has called for total victory in Gaza. Hamas's response is a counter-offer to a ceasefire proposal backed by Israel and the US and mediated by Qatar and Egypt, details of which have not been made public. The proposal received a tepid response from the US President Joe Biden, who called it a little over the top. The Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, said that there was still a lot of work to be done to reach a permanent ceasefire, but stressed the importance of reaching a lasting peace. And next headline, the Prime Minister directed a clumsy... Um, yeah, let, let me go back one step. Basically, this is about Rishi Sunak, yeah. And he's, he's basically getting... Um, Cooked. Yeah, pretty much, man. Apparently, there was a trans joke that was made in front of Brianna Gay's mother. Remember Brianna Gay? Oh, no. Mm-hmm. As in the kid that got the killed one, by the... Yeah, yeah. This is a content. Like, I'll get into more details. Oh, that's so. horrible then. We'll get into more details. Let's give him a chance. Right? Yeah. I would listen to the clip. Hmm? I would listen to the clip. Oh, you heard? What, what do you think? It's a design. 
<laughs> he's, you know what? He doesn't look how I think. In my mind, yeah, like, his name sounds like mm, strong man. But every time I see him, I'm just left very disappointed. Mm. He just he's gives a, like Lord Farquaad kind of vibe <laughs> from Shrek. He just doesn't. He I just doesn't give saying. me leader energy. Like he's just like a. Mm. Mm, dare I say? I get you. Why not got permission to send to chat? <laughs> Friend. Hmm? What? what have you got? What? You do not have permission to send messages in this channel. Why? What did I do? You blocked from previous activity. Mm-hmm. Brent, fix this, please. <laughs> <laughs> While Brent's doing that, or not doing it, <laughs> let me tell the people. Damn, my brother's not doing nothing. <laughs> I'm trying to get a Discord popping. <laughs> Can't type. Well, like, like I said, guys, trigger warning. In fact, is it worth a trigger warning? Just, just to be safe. I don't trigger, even know anymore. I need to, we need to do a trigger, trigger warning course. Someone's cussing us over there. <laughs> well, the apparently directed his clumsy jibe at Sakir Starmer when the Labour leader attacked the government on NHS waiting list. So this is where it started. Mr. Sunak said that the Labour leader had changed his position on defining a woman following Sakir Starmer's tribute to Brianna Gay and her mother. The comment was met with cries of shameful from the opposition benches. Sakir had earlier said that Brianna Gay's mother, Esther, was watching from the House of Commons public gallery and commended her bravery. Mrs. Sunak was asked to apologise for his insensitive comment and Mrs. Sunak did not directly respond but paid tribute to the family. Down the street defended Mrs. Sunak's comments as legitimate criticism of Labour. And the last headline, you guys remember... Um, our representative, Chrissy Kwatu. Oh, yeah. I, I was expecting you to say something else. I said, our representative. I can't bother to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I just got things, just got things. Anyway, Mr. Chrissy <laughs> <laughs> Kwatu, who's a former, chance, former chancellor who oversaw the ill-fated mini-budget, which basically plunged all of us into a situation. You got set up. There you go. Hell, I stand with Chrissy. How about that? That's nice, man. That's nice. Actually, no, I don't. She, no, but to be fair, she did throw him under the bus. Let's trust. She really did. She hundred percent blamed everything on him. Well, he's but, an egg. But he still made a decision. He was the chancellor. You know what I'm saying? He brought it to her and whatever. But anyway, so that gentleman there, he said he will not stand again as an MP at the next election. So Kwesi Kwarteng, who represents Spellthorn in Surrey, said that he had told his constituency association on Monday that he would not fight the election. He tweeted, "It has been an honor to serve the residents of Spellthorn since 2010." and I shall continue to do so for the remainder of my time in Parliament. There was an unforgiving reaction for many to the news that Kwesi Kwarteng is to step down from Parliament. As Chancellor, Kwesi Kwarteng was accused of delivering a reckless mini-budget for the rich after his £45 billion tax-cutting package sent the pound crashing to its lowest level against a dollar in 37 years. What was it? An honour to serve? Uh, Spellthorn. Spellthorn. Oh, I thought, yeah. I thought it was talking about where Tiny Temper went. Oh, <laughs> where is that again? Where is that again? I was, I've said it. Is it scumful? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. I was like, oh, look at that. But yeah, that's it for the headlines, guys. All right. Question. Um, so RKS Rude says shutting off YouTube live chat might not be the one, as I'm assuming most use one device to listen and interact throughout the show. Mm. But mm -hmm. why would shutting down the live on YouTube? No, not, not the live babes, the live chat. I think he, he thought we meant showing out a live. No, he's, ba he's basically he's, saying what I was thinking. Basically, what he's saying the is chat. the one stop shopping it. 
Yeah, so basically, so if, if I'm you take the chat, yeah, if you take the chat, then they can't because oh. they're on their phone. Like, do you yeah. know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, so they're on their phone. No, I don't know. No, basically they're on their phone. Yeah, on they're on their phone on YouTube. Where's the Discord device? Stop, 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 stop. Let me be clear with what I'm saying. Then I said I don't want to sound. You can switch apps, no? Yeah, but when you come off YouTube, you stop playing. Not for me. Yeah, because you got YouTube Premium. You're rich. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, switching apps is. Oh, you broke shaming us. That's not um, <laughs> eight forty eight in the morning. That's not. That's not convenient. That's not. Was that wasn't a good idea? Switching apps. Okay, sir. Thank I don't even, even think iPhone can do that, you know? <laughs> yeah, if you've got YouTube Premium, you're paying £50 for it. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense, though. Ads are rubbish. Ads are stupid. Well, actually, no, they're not. It doesn't matter. What do I click on to think? Because this ain't making sense. Am I in the wrong bit? Oh, wait there. Question time. No, can, can I ask you guys? What's on your mind? Is it that? Yeah, question. Um, um, as an iPhone user. You can go anywhere you want. I, I can't because this... You can't type at all? And I can't even this bit here. <laughs> this, is, this is killing me. <laughs> this is just finishing me. I can't believe what's happening here. Email, sorry. <laughs> As an iPhone user, yes. can you guys use split screens? So, what for example, your, your one screen, right? Half of it is used for YouTube, for example, watching us. Mm-hmm. And the bottom half, you're in Discord. Yeah, that's ridiculous, no? I don't want to do that. No, but you can do it for Spotify, though. You can do split screens? Well, yeah, so if I come off Spotify, it has a little thing on the side. I okay. think you can YouTube show you all how to get YouTube premium for like uh, no, a pound or 85p a month. Nah, he's joking, guys. It's not legal. It's a joke. Let's get into what you said every day, please. It's definitely legal. Best it, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, have you got that plug for all? <laughs> oh, but that means I have to download stuff. No, not really. All right, time to go after. Put in the Discord. Mm. Put in the Discord. Join That's... the Discord if you want to know how to get YouTube Premium for twenty p. All right, people. What so today's topic of the day. It's not going to be a long one, right? But um, I think you actually jinx these things. <laughs> I think you jinx it. This one, I'll be strict. I'll be strict. So thank you very much for the person who sent it in. Hmm? Thank you very much for the person who sent it in. Yeah. Since what? Oh, the topic of the day, mm-hmm. yeah. Big up you. I'm about to get to that. But yes, this person <laughs> <laughs> sent three topic, basically three different topic of the days. So I'm going to use one of them today. I'm not too sure if they want me to mention their name yet or at all. So I won't mention it today. But if you don't mind, let me know. Um, but yeah, th- the question basically is, why do we always want to have a conversation? So remember this week, was it even last week as well? We are talking about basically... Everyone comes together, talking about certain things, da 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 And even yesterday, we were talking about, obviously, when Mark uh, mentioned it in response to one of the topic of the days as well, about how um, do certain productive conversations even occur, right, in the mm-hmm. black community? And so this person has basically written a little bit of a, uh, a breakdown of, of this topic. So I want us to kind of hit these um, different points, right? So they've said, we have heard during the recent years that let's have the conversation um, but why do we want to have a conversation when we know that once it comes time to perform an action or pass a policy or law, we know that we will not agree with whatever any uh, with whatever another person says in the conversation because whatever action we want or whatever law needs to be passed will benefit us, right? Why do we keep talking about having a conversation when we know our opinions about certain topics cannot be changed or our views about certain people cannot be changed? Shouldn't we all just be in an echo chamber and agree with whoever agrees with us. And when it's time to go against the other people of different views um, from us, then we just go to war, conflict. 
P.S. The person says, I do not agree we should show com- we should combat people, but I find it that people will be very quick to not have a conversation when they see they're on the winning side. So what do you guys think about that? I think conversations are important. I don't think that because you people because there's a assum- there's an assumption that something's not gonna be done, mm-hmm. we shouldn't have a conversation. It's like what I was saying yesterday, how I'm very wary of saying things aren't being done just because it's not in my face and I haven't done research to find out what's actually being done. There's a lot of people that are doing amazing work. So let's talk about conversations that that uh, that's about our community, right? Mm. There's a lot of people that are doing different different ways, in different many ways, are doing amazing things for the community and spreading good messages and just highlighting stuff. There's so much, so much, so much, so much. But again, because they're not popular, because they don't have a big following and they're not right in your face or you don't think it's relevant at the moment or there hasn't been a tragedy that's made you see that this person's actually been campaigning for this long, blah, blah. You, It's easy to assume that people aren't doing things. I don't think conversations are pointless. Mm-hmm. I think for the most part, conversations happen. And then from those conversations where you where you're able to discover what's already happening on like people, what people are already doing or actually just deciding, you know, what, I want to take action. Um, I don't think most conversations happen and nothing ever, nothing ever happens to me. I don't think most conversations fall to the wayside. Uh-oh. What? Well, that was Ramsey. <laughs> <laughs> Ramsey the aggressor. He's right, he's got a hat on, yeah. I just But yeah, <laughs> do you get what I mean? So I just don't think it's right for us to, I don't think it's right to assume that, you know, mm-hmm. Conversations are pointless. I don't think conversations are pointless. Some conversations are pointless. Mm-hmm. But that's like the guy from the video yesterday was saying, you know, why do we talk about certain things, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But no, I think conversations like they need to be had. Okay. Okay. Do you feel like, I guess, because at the end of the day, you, you mentioned, I'm not saying this is all you're saying, but yeah. one of the things you mentioned is that at least you are, in those conversations, one is able to raise awareness about certain things, right? Yeah. I'm able to find out what it is you do in your community that I otherwise would never have known yeah. unless I actually dialogued with you, right? But do you feel like that, that if that was the only positive, that's enough? Because when you, when you look at a lot of conversations, especially, I guess, there's a lot of people's gripes within the black community anyway. Obviously, this is the case across all communities, but we're only talking about the black community here for, um, in this situation. But when you look at all the, the negatives, when you look at all the, the back and forth, when you look at the fact that even sometimes it even goes into ad hominems and everyone's just insulting each other and the actual aim and objective that you guys set prior to the conversation is not met. Is me just finding out what you do enough to justify having such a conversation? It depends who you're speaking to. Mm-hmm. Because if you're speaking to somebody who will have a conversation and would take that conversation on board and make be more be productive with the conversation they've had, then that's fair. But if you're talking to somebody that wouldn't, then there's no point. Mm. As I feel like finance said, um, conversation and constructive conversation are two different mm-hmm. things, I guess. Absolutely. So yeah. the conversation I'm talking about, constructive conversations. Mm-hmm. I, I have a rule where I don't have conversations with people if I think it's pointless. Mm-hmm. Like I literally don't, someone could come to me and be like, oh my gosh, you're such a, you're a thieving whore. Mm. I literally wouldn't, would not care for mm-hmm. a second to even acknowledge that, to discuss it, to try and prove you wrong, mm-hmm. because there's no what to what end. Like a lot of a lot of my thinking process, my thought process mm-hmm. in life and conversation when it comes to conversations, discussions and whatnot, is to what end. Mm-hmm. So I think it, it, it will always depend on who you're having a conversation with. Like I could find out something that I didn't know about before. Mm-hmm. 
and be like, oh, actually, and then take that knowledge and decide to do more with that knowledge that's been given given to me. 100%. If you're having conversations with somebody, if you're just having dumb conversations, like not dumb, if you're having, if we, you can have a constructive conversation mm-hmm. with someone who's not a serious candidate and yes, it's constructive for you having the conversation, mm-hmm. but, if, but, but for the person that's receiving it, mm-hmm. it's just a conversation. Do you get what I mean? So mm-hmm. I think it, it will always depend on who you're having a conversation with. And I think because we can't speak to people's intent, because sometimes you might be having a conversation with someone who you don't deem as a serious person, but what it is that you're telling them is actually something that they're moved by. Yeah. And so they're moved to then do something about it. Yeah. So you you just never know, really. I hear you. Um, I guess to kind of throw one back at you and, and mm-hmm. also what Finan said. Yeah. How do you know you're going to have a constructive conversation until you have the conversation? So a lot of the time we we get people together and say, oh, let's have this conversation. Yeah. This is the agenda, this, that, and the third. But you don't know till halfway into it sometimes that this is just going down the same... Yeah. Same path as the, the other two million conversations that we've had. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, is there anything that one can do to kind of feel out where you feel the conversation can go prior to having the conversation so we don't waste time? And so we're able to proper, I guess, um, ascertain whether something's constructive, productive, or something's just a waste of our time. Um, so if it's someone that you already that you know, mm-hmm. there's some people that I wouldn't bother having a conversation with because I know that they I know what their personality is like. Okay. And I know, yeah, I know what their personality is like and I know what their thought process is. And so it just feels very, very, it feels very pointless. I also think that even if it's someone that you don't know, when a conversation starts, you can kind of peep that this is just falling on deaf ears. Mm -hmm. And at that point is where you choose whether you want to carry on wasting your breath or whether you want to tap out. Mm -hmm. You just always know by someone's reaction and how it is that they, like I can always tell when someone's not listening to me or when they're not understanding what I'm saying or yeah, when they're not receiving what I'm saying. So, yeah, I feel like that's how you know whether it's, it's pointless. Okay. I'm going to come back to you about something, right? Yeah. Um, Marks and Brent, right? Do you guys feel like it's necessary to have conversations with people that you don't agree with? So from the, from the jump, you know, for example, maybe you've seen kind of what Esau was saying. Not necessarily personality, yeah. Maybe let's sprinkle a bit of adverse personality in there. But you see someone online, they're having certain conversations. They, Yeah, yeah just a little bit of adverse personality, like I was saying. And you know that you fundamentally don't agree with them. But you know, perhaps, that if you use your platform, if you have a conversation with this person, you perhaps could maybe meet some middle ground and something productive can come from this. But it will take some energy from you. It will take you getting to a place of having to just ignore certain things and just, you know what I'm saying? Like, some effort. Do you guys feel like it's worth it? Or do you feel like, you know what, especially in this day and time, let me just protect my mental health and just build with people that think like me. Yeah, I don't talk to idiots, so. <laughs> but they're, they're not idiots. Yeah. They're just, they're just people that disagree with you. No, some people are idiots. Well, it depends. If they have to have the same um, opinions or thoughts of me. Mm-hmm. And obviously, it depends how those kind of, how you, how you present those, those thoughts and opinions, innit? So, because someone might not, like some of the stuff that people say, there's no point in having a conversation. You're not gonna, you're not gonna sway me. You're not gonna change my mind. You're not gonna teach me nothing. You know mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say? Like sometimes our opinions might be different based in ignorance or lack of knowledge. You get what I'm trying to say? So if there's a conversation worth to have where you can learn something, mm-hmm. get a different perspective on something, and all that kind of stuff, then maybe, yeah, there's always there's always room for conversation there. But some people are idiots. Some mm-hmm. people are saying stuff they don't agree with, and they're saying stuff that's not based in sense 
some of it ain't even based in fact. It's just all opinion based and just, and people are who they are in it. So there's certain people in certain, that's got certain opinions and certain outlooks on life that there's no reason, there's no reason for me and you to mm. come and have this mm -hmm. discourse now because I'm not going to get nothing out of it. Yep. You know what yep. I'm trying to say? So you feel like you can always, maybe not always, but most of the time, nine times out of 10, predict prior to having a conversation with this particular person, whether you're going to gain something or not. Yeah, because I feel like some opinions, every, some opinions are weighted, and I feel like I'm a good judge of character. I could tell when if an opinion is educated or not, mm -hmm. even if it's in the even if it's in the field that I'm not. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm trying to say? Yeah, because you could tell if it's educated in it. So then it's like, all right, cool. This is different. Maybe I will lend it air just to see where it's coming from. But some people are just spewing their nonsense and that because they're just stuck in their ways and they have their beliefs and whatever. And that's what I'm trying to say. And those kind of things. In those kind of situations, I don't think there's no point because I'm not trying to change anybody's. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm not trying to change anybody's mind. You get what I'm trying to say, especially when it's when you don't, I just want to stand in your ignorance and just do what you're doing. We're allowed to believe different things. You get what I'm trying to say, and sometimes that conversation is not necessarily going to get us anywhere. Mm. Okay, hey, Ben, what about you? Yeah, I'm. I'm for talking to people who have different uh, opinions or ideologies than myself. Why is that? <clears throat> um, many reasons. Um, maybe to sharpen, sharpen myself. Um, maybe to question whether my stance uh, needs updating. Um, I enjoy mm -hmm. being uh, challenged. Um, on my ideologies. Mm -hmm. Um, that's more interesting. Um. Yeah. Okay. So, do you feel like if you've seen someone online, for example, there must be people that all of us have seen online that we just think to ourselves, you know what, this person's not serious about life. But let's just say they've got a huge following, mm -hmm. and it's an opportunity to maybe get them on side or to, to support something or in, just in some area of life, just build some sort of solidarity, right? Yeah. Are you prepared to always have that conversation with them? Or do you feel like there are some people that are just too far gone? It's like pointless. Yeah, there are always going to be people that are too far gone. And um, dependent on how much time I have mm. and the environment that I'm in, I'm not sure if it is I can waste that time. Mm -hmm. Especially if it is that I know that they are just, um, I guess, trolling. Mm -hmm. uh, yep. Okay. Do, do you guys feel like... Because obviously, like the, the very fact that obviously we're talking about this, because obviously we've mentioned many times before, we need to have a conversation about this. And um, some people walk away from those conversations saying this is not productive or, you know, that was an amazing conversation. I've now learned something new. Do you guys feel like generally the net result of all these conversations is something positive, number one? And number two, do you feel like we need to have more conversations? So bearing in mind that a lot of the time how they end sometimes, but like we also said, sometimes we can pick up good things, we can build solidarity, we can raise awareness. Do you feel like it's necessary to continue having these conversations, even though it may be draining? Yeah, I think some things, unfortunately, you always have the, like, I think it depends on each individual. Mm -hmm. Like when it comes to like race conversations, I don't really care to teach people about race issues. External. It's not my, yeah, externally, okay. it's not my plight. It's not, it's not something that I have a drive for. But when it comes to talking about women mm. and justices against women, mm -hmm. I've got all the time for that. As draining and tiring, Lord knows, child, <laughs> it is. 
I feel that and I will all, like I'm like that is what that is I feel like that's one of my callings if that makes sense mm. so I feel like it just depends on what it is that moves you and what you feel the most passionate about and stuff like that like I will always defend women I will always defend children I will always um defend homeless people like there's just certain things that I'm very very drawn to and yeah so I feel like it, de- it depends on what your area mm-hmm. of specialty or care is I would say. Do you feel like um, conversations are necessary for creating change? Yeah. Because how would we know what changes need to be made? Mm. Like Brent was saying about like having conversations with people that think differently to him makes him think, does he need to update how he thinks? I see it the same way. How mm. would we know change that we need to update if we're not having conversations? It's not going to... I feel like that's how things get... That's how things happen. Mm-hmm. It's not going to just come from... We can't, we can't, we can't be thinking things like, and then telepathically, that's somehow mm-hmm. gonna manifest mm-hmm. into change yeah. in real life, tangible mm-hmm. change. There's, I don't think it works like that. We have to have conversations. A lot of opinion. A lot of the time, we we have spoke about um, every now and again it comes up in certain conversations where it's like, look, this particular group needs to have a safe space to talk about this. Yeah, let's talk about mental health. Let's talk about more productive things, things of that nature. Right. When it comes to topics like this. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like it's necessary to have people talk or have, I guess, the loudest voice only if they've got experience? Um, not necessarily. Okay. I think different people bring different skills to things. The things I haven't been through, but I can understand and empathize because I'm an empathetic person. Mm. That is a skill that I have. You may have a skill of being able to connect to people and make them feel listened to and be present when they need that presence kind of thing. So I think people have different different skills. Mm-hmm. I don't believe you have to have been through something to be able to talk about it. Like, I don't I don't necessarily, I don't believe that okay. personally. Mm. Or I'm yet to find an example of something that I do need to have been through to, you know, mm. to have that conversation. But I think you have to have a, a mixture. And it also depends, when it comes to, like, stuff like mental health and traumas and stuff like that it depends why that person is wanting to speak to you do you know what I mean like like I have a therapist my mm-hmm. therapist is there for what my therapist is there for mm-hmm. but say for like I tell I speak to Brent about stuff mm-hmm. I, I don't necessarily go to Brent as my mm. therapist do you know what I mean so like the what the purpose that Brent serves in my life in terms of sharing things with him is different to the purpose of the person I'm paying to mm. do that do you mm-hmm. know what I mean um, so I think it, it really just depends on why is that and sometimes I need advice from Brent mm-hmm. and so that will be, the conversation we're having will be oh I need advice about this da, 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 da. do you get what I'm trying to say so I think it depends it's always about the person and what it is that they're trying to get out of it mm-hmm. I do think if there's a group and someone does need help and they're coming with help and the people that they're speaking to are not equipped to be able to give advice of that profession mm-hmm then that will be a pointless conversation because yeah. all this person has done is just tell you what's going on with them. You're not able to help them. And then what's next? Do you feel like trust is also an element? Always. Exactly. So in those situations where I guess maybe we're having a conversation with, let's just say 10 people yeah. from... Um... I knew you would rise up. Sorry, one said, <laughs> conversation without knowledge quickly become hypothetical circular arguments. Mm. Depends. I guess it really yeah, depends on the topic. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so, so I guess you would need to, hence the reason why you leave certain things for your therapist. Yeah. Because I guess there's that trust and, and you knowing that um that this person has some sort of experience. Even if they haven't experienced exactly what it is, 
they've had experience and talking to people who maybe have had that experience. It's not. It's not. It's not so much that. It's more. It's more knowledge, and I think it's also mm. equipped. Like I have a thing where I don't like to. I don't like to dump on people. Yeah. Like as much as I tell Brent stuff, Brent will tell you as well. I'm very secretive. Mm-hmm. Like. I don't like to tell people stuff because I don't believe in dumping on people. Mm. If I want to speak to people as well, I don't like to... That's just me. I just don't like to... People, everyone's got stuff that they're dealing with. So I don't necessarily want to just dump on you and add to you when I know you probably got stuff that you're dealing with and blah, 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 blah. So I don't think necessarily it's to do with experience, going to a therapist. Mm. It's more knowledge and it's more... Being yeah. an expert in that area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I mean. So yeah. even though, for example, they haven't experienced it themselves, they've got the knowledge from even dealing with other people. They've studied certain things. Yeah. So that also adds to equipping them with the tools necessary to help yeah, you in the situation. That, yeah. But also the trust element. The fact that you can speak to Brent. I feel like you can keep talking to Brent. Yeah. Because you feel like, okay, he's trustworthy to hear mm-hmm. the information. Yeah. But also will give you some productive <laughs> advice. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? How how can we kind of foster that in the black community? Um, I think for one, I think sometimes when people come in, when it comes to conversations mm-hmm. and like conversations of things that people are dealing with, yeah. sometimes people don't aren't necessarily telling you stuff for you to respond with something, with advice. Sometimes people just want to be heard. They just want that when I'm when I'm sitting in front of you and I'm talking to you about this, I want to know that you you're listening to me. I want to feel heard. I want to feel seen. I want to I want to know that you're present and you're you're hearing what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the first things. I think when it is, I think one of the most important things about communication is making people feel heard, making them feel seen, making them feel like you're invested in what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. And that's in little things like not being on your phone, mm. not being distracted, not looking at this or looking at that or like even if you you can look at somebody. I know sometimes people feel weird about eye contact over a long period of time, but just letting them know that, okay. That you're in tune. Like, you're listening. Like, do you mm. get what I mean? I think a lot of times you'd be surprised. Some people just want to be heard. Like, they don't, they just want, like, a so just to release what's going on in their mind. Like, when one thing I've learned is that when there's things in your mind, mm-hmm. it's very, very heightened. And then when you say it out loud, it's like, oh, actually, it's not even that bad. Da, 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 da. Mm. And sometimes people just want, just want that. Just someone they can speak yeah. to. I feel like that's it. And I think... Also, not passing judgment is so important. Like, just because you wouldn't live your life that way, or it's not something that you would do, it's not a belief that you have and whatnot, mm. doesn't mean that you should necessarily harshly judge them. And I think judging somebody is different to holding them accountable because you don't love that word, holding them <laughs> accountable or being real with them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that you don't love that word. I was thinking it's funny how you hate that word. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's so funny. It's actually so funny. You, I'm glad you brought that up. The other day when it was Brent and Iman talking about something, and mm. I can't remember what they were talking about. And I was just, and it was so funny because I was like, oh, this is such a case in point how men lack accountability. Mm. But men will never, hold your breath. Men will never say, <laughs> men always point fingers at women lacking accountability, but both parties can lack accountability. Mm. Men lack, I think men lack, men lack accountability crazy. But you just don't say because you convince yourself that's only women. Here you go and lacking accountability, but lacking accountability is so funny, isn't it? <laughs> but anyways, um, what was the question? Yeah, I think it's, yeah. Sometimes it's just it's just that like it's just how it is that you just engage people and let them know. And I think with trust as well, yeah, that's what I was talking about trust. Not judging somebody, not projecting. Mm-hmm. Projection one is a difficult one, but people projecting left, right, center. But 
it's, it's tools like that. And I think also as well, it's tools like that that make people feel that they can trust you mm-hmm. and you give them that space. And obviously not telling people their business and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Um, guys, I, I feel like there's no need to mention the negatives like, that come from conversations because mm-hmm. we've all experienced them, right? <laughs> so <laughs> we've already touched on some of the positives already. Just want to mention a few others. Yeah. Empowerment and education, mm-hmm. which I guess kind of ties into what you were saying about raising awareness as well. Yeah. Because there's just certain things you just don't know. For, for instance, look how many times we've had these wonderful guests here. Mm-hmm. And we felt empowered or, you know what I'm saying, like enlightened about certain things we had no idea about before. You know what I'm saying? Or even yeah. if we did know, it, it came as a refresher or something. Mm-hmm. All these conversations, that's something that can come from this, right? Obviously, we mentioned before about creating change, healing and restoration. Yeah. That's definitely something that can come from conversations. But like you said, I think um, having the right spirit and, and like you said before, that, that spirit of judgment, leaving that at the door. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because if, if we do see each other as a community, then really we shouldn't be coming to these conversations like that. We may have the tendency to want to judge and say, but why yeah. did you live your life like this? Why were you like this? This is your fault, mm-hmm. right? And having that whole accountability thing that yeah. you're talking about. But if we do want the best for everybody, yeah. and we know it's essential that we're all together and moving in a similar direction anyway, yeah. that part has to be part of it, right? Yeah, because I feel like sometimes you have to ask yourself, because when someone says something to me and I think, oh, what you've done is is silly, is dumb mm-hmm. or whatever, whatever. Like, what what benefit does it make for me to tell them it's now true. that mm-hmm. what they've done is stupid? Yeah. Like, what does that actually do for them in this moment where they're feeling down and low and sad about what they've done? How does it help if I'm just piling on? And I think sometimes mm-hmm. that's what it is about judgment is that you all you're doing is piling on to how you, like how this person already feels. Mm. And again, it's what I always ask myself with every conversation, to what end? Mm-hmm. If I said this to you now, to what end? Mm-hmm. Do you get me? And I feel like there's just a way, I feel like being able to have conversations and stuff, is, is an art to it, there's a skill to it. There's mm. Yeah, there's a skill to it, there's an art to it, of knowing when it is to then come in with advice, of knowing when it is, because sometimes all that, the first conversation you just had with someone about this thing is not when to give them advice. Mm. It's not, because right now what they want, they're probably upset or they're stressed or whatever it is, Right now, they are not in a frame of mind mm-hmm. to get it, to take advice from you. Mm-hmm. And so your advice is going to be useless. And you might feel like, I'll give you advice, but you haven't used, you haven't done anything with it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Um, I don't know if this is a silly idea, but what do you guys think about this? Do, do you feel like it's necessary to maybe, let's just, <clears throat> let's just say we created a culture of, of having conversations. So, for mm-hmm. example... What we're looking to do at TMB, right? Well, yeah. we have a conversation about a multitude of different things, right? If do you feel like it's necessary to have a conversation or a space where people can talk foolishness, productive foolishness? What I mean by that is not just come in there and be foolish, but the the things that you know, for example, wasn't good for you, right? And like Esther saying, not just have somebody just attack you and and and, and pile on. But you say it, you release it, everyone does. And mm. it's like, cool. Yeah, guys, we messed up here. Let's not do this again. And then walk out. And th- that's just the aim of the conversation. In the same way, like, as you're living your life, you have a place where you put your rubbish. And then every Monday, <laughs> someone comes mm-hmm. and takes your rubbish away. You know what I'm saying? You don't you don't have the rubbish and go through it looking for stuff. There's mm. nothing productive to get from it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Unless you you mess around and, and you drop your fork in there or something. You know what I'm mm, saying? Yeah. When you're claiming your plate. But you know what I'm saying? So something like that where it's like, cool, the aim of this particular conversation is just to come here and be like, cool, 
that we could have done this better. We messed mm. up. But no one's going to judge me. No one's going to say so-and-so. But it's just the acknowledgement that all of us here in the room came to talk about something negative yeah. about themselves. So it's not like I came to talk something negative and you came just to listen. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> otherwise, then I guess it's easy to judge. You know what I'm saying? Because you're yeah. coming in almost moralizing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because yeah, like yeah. you've got nothing to dump here. Yeah. But the dumpers come, dump something here, and then we leave and we don't touch it again. You know what I'm saying? But is that like building their friendships? Precisely, but as a community. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I'm not trying to say across to somebody that doesn't know me <laughs> dumping my flaws from last week. I guess it wouldn't necessarily be like the individual, but let's just say there were groups of um, smaller organizations. Mm -hmm. so let's just say you represented a woman's organization. Yeah. I represented, I don't know, a men's organization, but represented um, a business organization. Marg mm -hmm. represented podcast organizations. Like, mm -hmm. And we all came together and we spoke about some of the things where we kind of failed when it came to our reaching our aims and object objectives. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And we kind of left it there. That's tea beans. Sounds <laughs> 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 like a review of yes. a project. Yeah. <laughs> but, but what we so, could have done better, what we didn't do. Yeah. But sometimes we only have them amongst ourselves. So I would only have that with the men. You would only have yours with the women. But really... Yeah, but what benefit is it for you to know how I messed up in my organisation? I think, I think sometimes... It's kind of like what I was saying before about... There's just certain things you just want to get rid of. You just, you just want to get rid of it. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes because I'm not privy to you being a human being. Yeah. Like, I may come to you and because you're listening to me, you may think me. you're just judging. You said like a gossip. You just want to know what... You just want to know what I didn't do well. Make yourself feel better by your damn mistakes. And then we all just leave this room. And then come back again next Monday and do the same even, thing. Even if that was the case. Would that be completely bad? No, it's not, you know, because I do that with um, relationships. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> do you know what's so mad? I actually, because I love, like, I love relationships. Mm. And I love learning about relationships. I love, like, I love speaking to people in relationships, people mm. that are not in relationships. Like, I love stuff to do with relationships, right? Yeah. I learn a lot about stuff like that because I find humans very fascinating mm -hmm. and how it is we come together and blah, 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 blah whatever. And sometimes... Sometimes, obviously, I see. Sometimes I see negative stuff, mm. and essentially, these people are kind of dumpers. Mm. They just they've dumped it. I haven't dumped nothing because <laughs> it's like my shit to the grave. <laughs> but it's like okay, like I know I know where you fell short, mm. and I pick up lessons from that, or I don't, or sometimes <laughs> it's just it's just gist. And I'm okay, that's great, and then we just keep it moving. Mm. But I wouldn't say. It's productive for me because of how my mind is set up and how, and what it is and just how I think and how I blah, blah, blah kind of thing. But for mm -hmm. the most part, that's kind of like what social media is for some parts where yeah. people people come and do a thread on some kind of story time mm -hmm. and they've just, they've let people know they dumped something. But everyone on the other end of it is just, is just, mm -hmm. do you get what I mean? Yeah. Like not many people use that as productively. Because mm -hmm. I, I was having a conversation with someone the other day, I can't remember who it was. And I was saying how, why is it that every, a lot of people, most people that I've come across, that have gone married, have said if they could go back in time, they would have a small, intimate wedding. Mm. That's such a common thing. Mm -hmm. But I said, why is it that they always say this and they always preach and they loud about it, but then the people that are about to get married go ahead and have a big-ass wedding anyway. Mm. What's their and reason then, for saying they have to make it small and intimate, though? The money they'll save. 
Yeah, yeah. the money they will save. And I think also just in the fact of like the sanctity of, of the wedding. Mm-hmm. Like you got bare people that you pay to come and whatnot, but they don't really care. And then you don't really speak to them after. And they don't really check in on you as a couple. Like They're not really a community, like a village for you. Mm. So it's just like, if I could go back, I would have done this differently on account of I'm seeing what actually matters in marriage and stuff like that. Yeah. But I'm like, why is it that these people keep saying these things? But then the people that come in mm. to get married, they don't, mm-hmm. they go ahead and do the same thing. And then years later, they're like, oh, I should listen. Yeah. I should do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. sometimes with human beings, it depends who you're listening to. Yeah. Or who is receiving that dump? The information that's being dumped. Are they gonna use it? Because mm-hmm. again, there's a com- com- and productive conversation being had. Yeah. But then some people are just thinking, oh, and no, that will happen to me. That will happen to you know. That's just your story, not mm-hmm. not gonna be mine. So I think it always just comes back to who is on the receiving end yeah. of whatever conversation is being had. It's like a lot of wealthy people, a lot of rich people, millionaires and whatnot, mm-hmm. always tell people that you know what I've made it to the top, and I'll tell you what's most important. It's um. Family, spending time with family, friends, mm. your community. Yes, people talk about money, blah, 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 but it's not all that. Like, they share these things mm-hmm. and everyone says, nah, that's just your story. When it's me, <laughs> we're different. Mm. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, 100%. So I think it always just depends. But then there's people that when they listen to that, they're like, okay, I'm going to pick, I'm going to have value and I'm going to place value then on these things that these people clearly wish they had done. Yeah. yeah. So do you know, I just think it just always falls back to who is on the receiving end. Yeah. Of what's been talked about. And I guess, to wrap up now, I guess, right, um, one could also say, just to add on to that point, mm-hmm. um, you also have to consider that sometimes, like you said earlier, yeah. you just don't know who's listening. Yeah. So even if it seems as though loads of people are still going for the same, spending 20, 30, 50K on a wedding. On loans. <laughs> right. There's still some people who said, you know what? I've heard this enough. I'm only going to spend 10K. Yeah. I'm only going to spend... I don't know, five. If, I don't even know if that's possible now. You, but you know what I'm trying to say? You'll get married in a shed. <laughs> <laughs> and that shed costs you 4,500. You, you know ain't got saying? no cake. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But at least some people are taking on that information. Because like you said earlier, these conversations also kind of allow people to know about the work some people are doing that otherwise you never would have known. And so even though the person who... Because a small wedding doesn't, doesn't isn't loud. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you would never know that that person who had the small wedding had mm-hmm. the small wedding. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You'd only hear about the loud. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, I guess we can wrap, up, wrap it up there, man. All right. Thank you very much. Let's get into our next headlines. All right, people. Sorry to start with this one, but this is another trigger warning. They need to just... Send this woman to the to the moon somewhere. But this is about the child serial nice. serial killer, Lucy Letby, who apparently is renewing her bid to challenge her convictions at the Court of Appeal. The nurse had an initial application for permission to appeal against all of her convictions refused by a judge without a hearing last month. We spoke about that. Letby has since chosen to renew her efforts to take forward her appeal. This was confirmed by uh, a judicial spokeswoman on Wednesday, yesterday, right? So a hearing is expected to be held in London before a panel of three senior judges at a later date where they will decide whether to grant leave to appeal. The jury in Letby's trial on Manchester, at Manchester Crown Court was unable to reach verdicts on six counts of attempted murder in relation to five children. Letby will face a retrial at the same court in June on a single count that she attempted to murder a baby girl known as Child K. Imagine how many peop- children you've got to get to, to get to Child K. But I tell you that like she's an actual, actual, actual sicko, and the fact that they try to fire those ethnic 
doctors, as in like, can you ma- as in like, not even doctors, <laughs> as in like surgeons, as in the, as in in the medical field, they are the top of the food chain yeah, yeah, yeah. over a murdering nurse. Yeah, because yeah. she's white. That's disgusting. The fact that she keeps getting, I hope this is her last. She's hit the, the quota chance, yeah. for appeals because I don't want to hear about this woman until they're announcing that she's gone to meet her judge. Because, and I don't mean an earthly judge, I mean the heavenly <laughs> one. This she's why, a sicko. She's sick. That's why they need to bring back capital punishment. See, I, I, I go sick. back and forth. There's I, someone like that, though, 100%. 100%. And she have been one of those ones where they used to do in Tudor times mm. where they make, when they make it a cinematic experience. Yeah. Because you can't go around. If you did that, see what she kept a diary of when these kids were born and then stalked the parents on the anniversary of the babies she killed to see that it gave her like a thrill, like a high to see them grieving their loss. Disgusting, man. And she's allowed to appeal. Human rights does not apply like that. If you if you take away People's human rights. You shouldn't be allowed to have human rights. And this human ani- the privilege. And this animal was also allowed to not turn up to court. Remember? Yes, because she because she didn't want to. She just Rubbish didn't want to listen to her verdict. How could you not want to listen to what you did? The fact that she keeps getting, she's allowed to appeal is just. I hope this is her last chance. I'm trying. To, I don't want to see about this woman again. Disgusting. And all those stupid papers talking about oh she's got an angelic face. <laughs> animals. These are people that enable this mad. foolishness. It's mad. They need to hang this woman on TV, man. Just because she's white. What a privilege. This is a damn shame. Anyway, speaking about death penalties, right? Zimbabwe, their cabinet has agreed to abolish the death penalty for murder offences. This is almost two decades after its last execution. So the cabinet approved a memorandum on the private member's death penalty abolition bill introduced in parliament last year, bringing an end to the death penalty introduced in Southern African nation, um, in the Southern African nation, pardon me, by a British colonial administrator. So this is something that was inherited by the Brits. In an official statement, the Zimbabwean cabinet stressed the need to maintain a fair and balanced penal system where aggravating circumstances can result in life sentences. The last execution in Zimbabwe was in 2005, marking a decade and a half since the country renounced its controversial practice. The president himself, a former death row inmate during the struggle for independence from British rule, played a central role in this historic decision. And our last headline, thousands of people are fleeing violence in Eastern Democratic Republic of Congo as fighting intensifies between the Congolese army and the M23 armed group. So sad, man. We spoke about this a couple of times now. Um, Fighters reportedly surrounded the strategic town of Sake on Wednesday, which is a crucial step before reaching Goma, which is the capital of North Kivu. Capturing um, Sake would deal a logistic blow to the Congolese soldiers. The Congolese army and the United Nations peacekeepers have been struggling to contain M23's advance. Thousands are on the road right now trying to escape the violence and get to Goma. This is what um, Al Jazeera's, um, one of the Al Jazeera's reporters said when they were putting on the situation. He went on to explain that they've been fighting for a week right now, but this morning again, rebels have tried to take over the main city. It remains unclear whether the army or the rebels are now controlling the area. But about 42,000 people have been displaced from Masisi alone since February the 2nd. But yeah, hoping for the best man in that country. But that's it for the headlines, man. Time to pay the bills. Thank you. Let's get into some word on road. Okay. Do you remember... Okay. So when I say the name Bobby Althoff, 
I think that's how it's pronounced. Who do you think about? Who? Bobby Althoff. Yeah. Al- Althoff? Althoff? No, Remember that white girl that was out here interviewing people and offset red hair for Phil? Okay. That girl. She's a grown-ass woman, you know. <laughs> She's getting a divorce. Oh, that's sad. Obviously, divorces are sad. Yeah. But I thought she was a kid. Usually, I don't know who she is. She's, um, she's just this white girl that was doing like an awkward, I would say awkward style um, interview. Mm. I don't think she deserved as much cooking as she was getting, if I'm being real with y'all. Mm. And I'm going to get into it because some she, of you are going to be shaking in the boots. You took funny Marco's style, though, isn't it? Basically... But do you know what the issue is with stuff like this year? So, basically, where is it? What's it? Where is she? Oh, she's only 26. Okay. Well, she looks her age then. Have you seen her in Sukiana? Yeah. She looks like I don't think. I said, oh, you have to tell us. You can tell. <laughs> you can tell. But basically, she, basically, she was doing interviews with, like, rappers and stuff. But her style of interviews are like, acting like she doesn't know what they're doing. I thought she was acting. I didn't think it was, like, for real, for real. But people took it as she, was, she wasn't really doing research and whatnot. And then they um, were, they went to customer for that kind of thing. The offset one is the funniest thing. I wish we could get the clip up. I should have thought about this. She is offset. Yeah, offset's interview with her is the last time we saw her in the black market. <laughs> I don't know if Sakiana's one is new or whatnot, but after the offset one, she's I just stopped seeing her on my timeline. But the reason why I don't think that she should have been getting cooked the way she was getting cooked is that people forget that when it comes to um, when it comes to celebrities and public figures and whatnot, doing uh, like going on platforms, I think it is up to that celebrity to let their management or their PR, whoever it is that's doing, saying, I want to go on black platforms. I want to go on mm-hmm. platforms that are not so big. I want to go on this big platform. I want to go on Breakfast Club, but I want to go on this podcast. I want to go on this. I want to go on that. I don't think it is the interviewer's fault, as in the white interviewer's fault, when it is that they've been presented with this person. That's why I didn't really agree with her getting cooked like that because people were like, oh, like, these people are not going to, um, they should be going to Marco's, and Marco, funny Marco is fucking funny. His, his thing with Kevin Hart, yeah, finished me. It was so funny. But anyways, do you know what I mean? So people criticise the fact that they're not going on certain platforms and certain black platforms, but I think that's up to the celebrity. That's up to the person that's, you know, that's promoting whatever, whatever whatever it is they're promoting to know what to know who their target audience is and be able to reach that. So I don't think she deserves to be cooked the way she is anyway. But anyway, she's getting a divorce. I didn't know she was 26. I thought she was like much older. But then in the interviews, I thought she was younger. So anyway, we're here. But basically, yeah, she her divorce was announced and I think they said her husband filed. But she basically posted a picture and she said, as most of you have heard, Corey and I have filed for divorce. As sad as I am right now, I am so thankful for the time I got to be his wife. Our girls, she's not got kids, that's wild. Our girls are so lucky to have him as a father and I'm so lucky to be able to co-parent with such an incredible father and person. While our relationship did not work out as husband and wife, we will always be friends and I will always love him. So good luck to her, man. I do like the girl. I don't think, you know, she should have been cooked the way she was, but I will say Offset. Offset is so funny, you know. I would, I, I would listen to a podcast with Offset. He's so funny... But because he's always rapping and whatnot and just like a Congolese uncle, you don't really get to experience his funniness. But he's hilarious. But yeah, but love to Bobby, man. I like her. Um, also, I talked about light-skinned Keisha when she was... So funny to say. But when she was pregnant, um, when she announced her pregnancy. But she's given birth, man. She's given us her baby. Congrats. I believe it's a boy. And also, she's married. This is the kind of marriage I like. She got... She and her husband... 
got quietly married, quietly, secretly married. I love a quiet wedding. That's a, that's a dream, boy. But yes, yeah, so he basically had an um, interview with people, an exclusive interview with people. Sorry, Esther. Yeah. That same interview <coughs> interviewer, is that the one who Drake had sex with? Bobby. Allegedly. And then um, Drake was they on unfollowed it. each other on Instagram and then his interview got taken down and then she, we didn't see her doing any interviews afterwards. Yeah, so I didn't see about the sex thing. Oh. But Drake did have an interview with her that looked like it did not go well. I think that was serious, you know. I think it did on Friday after. So what? What is he? Maybe that's going why the husband before? decided that he has, he's had enough because he got the the, oh, the, so the elephant truck. Yeah, no, because it was in his wife. No, but do you have problem with it all this time? That interview was time ago. No, so it's after yeah, the, after the le- after the leak that now he has a problem. And now he's like, oh, that's what you had in you. I'm sure the divorce wasn't just decided on yesterday. Yeah, but why didn't we know about it? I'm sure they were. That's because they kept it quiet. And you haven't been seen, have have you? No. They've been arguing behind the scenes. Lawyers Mm, and that. That's true. You can't forgive forgive cheating, man, when a woman cheats on you. He's not a cop, man, is he? He's a good fella. (laughs) (laughs) Who's a good fella? Cheating when the woman's what? Cheating? Who's a good fella? Who's a good fella? Is that, should I clip it? Huh? Clip it, nothing. Shit. I'll share, yeah, I'll share, I'll share. <laughs> oh, you shared that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sharing. Not you volunteering to share stuff. Anyway, clip it. I <laughs> uh, <laughs> said what I said. Um, yeah, but yeah, so Latskin Kisha's had a baby with her partner, Coca Van Gogh. And they said, we're incredibly, obs- we're incredibly obsessed with our son. He's everything we prayed for. My pregnancy went smoothly. Thanks to my husband's support for an easy, stress-free experience. It went by quickly and now he's here live and direct. Um, she, said, she said, words can't describe it, but seeing him and doing skin to skin made me think I could do it again, maybe two more times. He's so cute and we're just so in love with him. And yeah, and she also, about their wedding, she said, after six years together, we've built not only a friendship and a solid relationship, but also our little family. We're soulmates, so Mary, my best friend, felt right. The transition into family life has been smooth because we were already like family. Being together for so long, having a child was a cherry on top. I sometimes get emotion looking at him crying tears of joy as is everything I've prayed for. That is so sweet. I feel truly blessed to have this little person in my life now. So beautiful, man. Congratulations to her. Which is good. I don't think Power started filming the new season, so she can be healed well and great to, to go again. Um, And then... Auntie Monique. I love Monique, man. They could never make me hate Monique. They could never make me hate Monique. I don't care how much, how hard Oprah, Tyler Perry and them try. They can't make me hate Monique. So she stopped by Club Shay Shay. You know, Cat Williams got foresight. It's like me. But he basically said, yeah, remember when he said to Shannon how, watch, after this interview, there's going to be a place for truth tellers kind of thing. It's going to be a place where people come to tell the truth. And when I saw the Monique, I mean, I like Monique anyway. I, I believe that woman, everything she said, everything she did, like, I'm here for it. I feel like something about a black woman being painted as difficult just doesn't... I just feel there's always something more to the story. And indeed, there's a lot more to the story because I learned stuff about the whole precious situation mm-hmm. that now I'm thinking, I'm thinking, what audacity? I'll get to it in a second. But yeah, so um, it was really, really cool. The interview was like, the interview was like two hours and 55 minutes long. But it was really good. It was a very, very good, interesting watch and listen. She did say that basically her and Kat Williams, she said they're basically like, she feels like they're fraternity twins kind of thing. Um, 
she talks about everybody, first of all. So first, let's start with Kevin Hart, man. How are you feeling about <laughs> Kevin Hart after this bombshell? Great. No, serious. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> make me hate Kevin Hart. <laughs> Love Kevin Hart, you know. Basically, the situation with Kevin Hart was. Mm-hmm. Um, so remember when the whole precious thing happened, mm. and she was meant to. They, so okay, let me explain the precious thing. Then we can go into Kevin Hart thing to be fair, because that was before. So the precious thing. Remember, she she was the one. She did precious and whatnot. Got the script. It was an independent film. Remember, there was a whole lot of um, situation regarding the pressure situation yeah. where they basically said that she was difficult to work with, blah, blah. And essentially, that was because... So, Precious was done by Lee Daniels. Lee Daniels, who she had, had the agreement to do Precious with, right? Cool. I, be, I think Oprah and Tyler were, like, producers on it, but Lee Daniels is the person that hired her, mm-hmm. and Lee Daniels is the one that sorted the contract. So, my contract is with Lee Daniels, right? Mm-hmm. And she said, when it came to doing Precious, she did the promo, she did the magazines... She did the Oprah interview. She did every single thing, checked every single box that she was meant to do for Precious in relation to her contract with Lee Daniels. Mm-hmm. Now, the film did so well that it went to the Cannes um, Film Festival. Mm-hmm. That was where the whole situation then happened because she then got an e- She got her call. Her husband got a call. But when Cannes, when Lionsgate was speaking to her husband, they thought it was not even... One of them, anyway. They thought they were speaking to her lawyer, not her husband. Mm-hmm. So they basically said that Monique, the film is going, is coming to Cannes, da, da, da. we're going to fly to Paris. We want you to come here and do promo. Like the promo you did in America was absolutely amazing, flawless, was great. We want you to come over here to France mm-hmm. and do the same thing. At the time, she said she had a talk show. She was doing some comedy thing. She just finished Precious. So she said her show was will be off for like two days in a week. And she said she wanted to spend that time with her husband and with her family. Mm. So she said, respectfully, no thank you. They called a second time. Monique, we really, really want you. Da, 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 da. She said, thank you. I appreciate it. But again, I want to spend this time with my family. Mm-hmm. I've been working. Da, 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 da. I want to spend time with my family. Cool. They called a third time. Upon the third time, her husband was like, they were like, well, what can we do? We, we can do anything to get Monique. We'll upgrade her room. This is what they're upgrading. Her room, her car service. What does, what, anything to get Monique. Her husband said, okay, so how much are you putting down for her to come and do this promo run? Because clearly it's work, right? Mm-hmm. They said, oh no, we don't pay. We don't pay people to, to come and promote um, films in Cannes. And her husband said, okay, well, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Once again, <laughs> we decline. So that's what happened. When it comes to Precious, so that this is when, so she spoke to Lee Daniels or whatever and was basically like, this is da-da-da. She spoke to Lee Daniels, spoke to Oprah, spoke to Tyler Perry. They all said they understood that she wasn't going to do do it because she was going to essentially be working for free. Oprah herself apparently told her husband, loudspeaker, someone else heard it, that she, um, that she understands and sometimes she's had to make decision, decisions like that as well when she's having to like juggle like something that's more valuable than da 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 So she understands where Monique is coming from. She said that Oprah's uh, makeup artist that she's worked with as well was there in the room when Oprah had a conversation with her. And the makeup artist said, he actually went on to tell Monique in a, on her TV show that he asked Oprah, why don't you then pay her to do the run then if this is such an important thing? And Oprah said, I am paying her. Like I'm paying for nothing. So there was that. Tyler Perry also apparently called into room and there was like at some event or whatever. I was basically like, why aren't you? Why aren't you doing the prom- promo in Cannes? Da, da 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 da. And she was like, 
okay, well, if there's such a pressing thing, why don't you pay me for it then? I mean, your producer, pay me for it then. Then he said, he doesn't pay people for doing nothing. And she said, well, I don't work for nothing. Mm-hmm. She said she and Tyler Perry hugged and he said, you know what? I hear it. Cool. Then she comes to find out that they're going around telling people that she's difficult to work with. And she's actually got an audio recording of Tyler Perry admitting that he made up that rumor about her being difficult to work with. Shannon actually listened to it. And what was so interesting was she asked Shannon, she said, did you listen to the clip? He was like, yeah. But then he was like, why did you record? You know, that's illegal. And she said, she said, she said you see, that's the problem. She said, because when I was telling people that this is what they were doing to me, everyone mm-hmm. called me a liar. No one believed me. She said, I have now given you the receipts of what it is that they actually did him admitting it on the phone. Mm-hmm. And your first response is not, damn, they really did lie on you. Your, re- your first response is, yeah, but you know you don't know how to record people. She said, this is part of the problem. So she was saying, even with Precious, do you know how much they paid her for Precious? Please take a guess. Before you, you watched on, it though. Yeah. Yeah, go on. She, the state in which it is that she lives in, yeah. she's allowed to record. Yes, she's allowed to record. So yeah, it's not illegal it's in her state. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Guess how much they paid her for Precious, please. That she won an Oscar for. Stick it, hazard, I guess. Was that 50 grand or something? 50 grand. But that's correct. That's it. 50K? 50K. They paid... What about royalties after that? That's so, it. That's the money she received from Precious. That's it. And they wanted her. So now here... Sorry, it's mad. And they wanted her on 50K because she said she took it because it was an independent film. Mm. There wasn't any big... Like, any big yeah. company funding it. So she did it knowing that, do you know what? It's an independent film... Da, 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 da. But her husband said when he, he when he read the script, he was like to her, like, this is gonna be the one. This is a sick mm. role. He was like, Don't act like you're acting, embody the role kind of thing. And obviously that's what got her Oscar and blah blah blah. So in an ideal world, the fact and yeah, because he said when Tyler Perry was asking about doing the promo in Cannes and whatnot, he was like to her, like, you're gonna win an award for this. Oh, you, you got the Oscar for this. Following Oscar, you're gonna go up to millions. And she was like to him, I'm a black woman, I'm a fat black woman. Mm. When are we ever paid that? He was like, no, 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 like it will happen, it will happen. So I was kind of like, a, oh, go and do the promo for free. But I'm like, so you just wanted that woman to work like a donkey for $50,000. Mad. So that happened. So with Oprah as well, one of her beef with Oprah, so trigger warning, sexual assault. So please tune up for the next 10 seconds. But basically she was molested by her brother when she was younger. And Oprah basically was like to her, so obviously everyone knows Oprah's story as well. So was Oprah by somebody in the family, I think her stepdad or something like that. But basically, Oprah was gonna Oprah, when this was when Oprah had a show, she was gonna have she said she called Monique up and said, Your brother wants to um we're thinking about having your brother on the show. He's reformed, he's changed, blah, 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 and he wants to come and speak and essentially educate people on how it is that they can they can kind of clock predators and families and all that kind of stuff and blah blah. And she's and they said and Oprah basically asked her, can you come on the show as well? And Monique said, thank you for telling me. I respect you highly for even letting me know this was going to happen. But I don't want any dealings mm. with that man. Mm-hmm. But if you want to have him on the show and you're saying that he's there, she said, I'm not going to be the one to block, essentially, people learning something that could help. So if you want to have him on the show, have him on the show, cool. She said when she, when she saw the show, when she saw the promo for the show, Oprah had her entire family and didn't tell her. Oprah had her grandparents had her mum, had her dad, had her other siblings and whatnot. But the thing is, Monique has got a, a troubled relationship with her parents. And she was like, I know the troubled relationship I have with my parents. I don't, the world don't need to see my parents in mm. this light. So that's one of her beasts with Oprah as well, is that Oprah never told her that she was going to have an entire family and essentially kind of embarrassed her 
blindsided her. She said for months after the interview, people would come up to her in the stores and stuff and be like, yo, your mom's a piece of shit. Like saying all these things about her mom. She was like, she was like, Shannon, they're right. But she was like, I don't need anyone telling me about what my mom isn't. And she said, I never wanted the world to see my mom as the greedy woman that she is and blah, 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 blah. So that's her beef with Oprah. She said also, um, there were roles promised to her that Lee Daniels like had promised her. So when it comes to Empire, she was meant to be Cookie Lion um, that Taraji obviously got. She said Taraji was amazing. But she said that role was promised to her. Mm. There was also another role, I think is is it a butcher or something like that, that Oprah is in. There's two films that Oprah have been in that were actually Monique's role. As in those roles were given to Monique. But then she got a call after saying, oh, da 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 oh, you know, they've gone a different way. And when she's seen the different way they've gone, it's Oprah. Lee Daniels has, a, has, a, has apologized to her. She said he actually, not only did he apologize to her, but apologized to her children as well. Because she said she's lost millions. Like, the amount of money she was making yearly, mm -hmm. she's lost millions from this whole thing about she's difficult to work with. Like when she would, when the agents put her off for something, they would tell her agents, oh no, we've heard she's difficult to work with, so we're not going to do that. Here's where Kevin Hart enters the, enters the chat. She was on Kevin Hart's show, right? So she was on Kevin Hart's show. Um, Kevin Hart was like, oh, da, 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 da. I guess they had a conversation about, well, blah, blah. She lets Kevin Hart know this is what's happened. Even plays the voice note again, the the audio again of Tyler Perry. Kevin's like, that's crazy. Do you know what? I'm gonna speak to him because this man owes you an apology mm. and needs to apologize. Blah, blah blah. And Kevin says to her, do you know what? Anything that you want to do, he basically said to Manny that she's like a mum to him, she's like an auntie to him, da, da 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 like that kind of figure or whatnot. So he said to Monique, whatever it is that you want to do, I am right behind you. Like I have got you. Put my name on it. I'm gonna be there. Blah blah. blah. At the time, she was talking about doing a, doing a show or something like that with some company. She then obviously let them know that, oh, actually, Kevin Hart said he's going to come on as an executive producer, blah, blah. And they were like, oh, it's a green light then. Like, we're never going to have to... I mean, if Kevin Hart's name is on it, that's fine. Because obviously, Kevin Hart is Kevin Hart, right? She said weeks after that, she didn't get a call back from Kevin Hart about talking to Tyler. Actually, did she get a call back from him? Uh, so you missed out the part where he said he was going to talk to... to this guy, he went to talk to this guy and then she didn't get a phone call. When she called him now, he, Kevin said, oh, this guy said, forget about it. Tell her, yeah, that's what that's, that's I'm going. That's, no, no, you're about to say the thing after where, uh, you didn't mention the, uh, him being seen on the plane, his private jet, this, that, and next. Who's private jet? The Tyler Perry's private jet. Oh, no, 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 yeah, yeah. I, forgot, I actually forgot that. about and that. And then after that was the whole, um, but then the, the that, production company called um, uh, Kevin and Kevin's, said Kevin's PA yeah so that's where I'm going now yeah yeah no that's the yeah 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 so, so yeah so Kevin called Tyler Barbara she didn't hear back from Kevin mm -hmm. Um, yeah she didn't hear back from Kevin and whatnot. and then I think when they had a conversation Kevin's like oh Tyler Perry said that basically he wants to push to the back and he doesn't want to doesn't want to revisit this so he told he someone else about that as well that's when Kevin told her alright you've got me oh yeah yeah in yeah, yeah. yeah put my yeah, yeah. anything and yeah. we'll make this money back yeah basically yeah yeah, no, yeah, yeah we'll make the money back so then obviously the company have then called her there They've now called Monique back and said, oh, we've just got a call from Kevin Hart's uh, manager. And they said, Kevin doesn't want to work with you and he's not working with Monique and Monique is difficult to work with kind of thing, kind of vibe. So she's like, okay, I'll sort it out. She calls Kevin. Now she does like, my sweet baby, that kind of vibe. Calls Kevin, she's like, oh, hey, this is what they said just happened. Your conversation, da, 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 da. And he's like, oh, that is a misinformation. That's not right. That didn't ask, you know, Essentially, I didn't ask him to say all of that stuff. I don't know where he would have got that from. Let me handle it. Mm. I'll, I'll call you back. She said, till today. 
<laughs> two years later, <laughs> she said two years later she ain't heard anything from Kevin Hart, and then that's when she then seen Kevin body body up with um, on Tyler's private jet and, okay. and and whatnot. So that's that was Kevin Hart's situation. She was talking about like when Cat came in and Cat was talking about gatekeepers and whatnot. Cat, mm. she said Cat Cat was right. Kevin is a gatekeeper. She's she's a legend basically. That happened. Who else was right? T- T- Tiffany Haddish. Just because I'm on Kevin Hart, I talk about Tiffany Haddish too. She was dragged a little bit as well, rightfully so. Because basically, um, Ke- um, Tiffany had a cover with GQ ma- magazine or interview with them or whatever it was. She decided to use that time to drag Monique and basically say that she doesn't work like Monique. And um, she doesn't work like Monique and certainly not with... She basically dissed her husband, dissed Monique's, Monique's husband. And Monique essentially said that, do you know what, you know what um, um, Tiffany? Maybe if you had a husband like mine, you wouldn't have two d- DUIs. Maybe if you had a husband like mine, you wouldn't have found yourself in situations where you got allegations against you now that you were grooming a child. I said, you know what, auntie? I hear it. <laughs> That's fair. With Taraji now, she talks about Taraji as well and talks about how sad it is hearing Taraji with everything that's going on, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And she said about with Taraji, um, she said that these are the things that she talked about time ago. She said she said where everyone's trying to act as though... Because remember the whole um, Color Purple press run? Mm-hmm. And people listening to how... Oprah's body language with Taraji is acting like she don't really like Taraji. Da, 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 da. She's saying that <laughs> what people are seeing and what the conclusion essentially people have come to is how it is. Because she said, she said what they do in Hollywood is that they make with black women, they make you feel like you should be grateful for crumbs. Mm. And essentially, because she said in the press one, the, the girls are saying how they were handpicked for those roles. However, they had to audition. And she was like, being handpicked for something means you don't have to audition. But the fact that they handpicked you, they make you feel special, but they make you audition to keep you humble mm. is why they don't feel like they have to kind of maintain certain standards. So obviously they talked about, you know, Taraji and them talked about the, the trailer having bugs, not having food, not having this, not having that, da, 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 having to call Oprah and da, 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 da whatever. But she was like, in the, in the case where you got Oprah on a project anyway, mm-hmm. none of these, these things should have happened mm. because you got this black woman there who apparently is everyone's big sister and whatnot, kind of looking out for you. So she was saying with the Taraji thing, it's sad and whatnot, but this is a conversation that she's had before. And she said there was something that she and Taraji worked on like years ago, something like that anyway, they had a running. And there was something that wasn't right. And Monique was talking about addressing it. And Taraji was like, you know, we just got to keep going. And she was like, Taraji, no, because when we we ignore things and we say we're going to keep going, keep going, whatever, that's how people get away with stuff. So essentially what Taraji is saying today Essentially, what Monique said back then, and da, da, da. She, talked, she also talked about the Queens of Comedy situation and said how they were killing it. They were killing it, killing it, killing it, whatever, whatever. But they weren't getting paid right. There was times where her money would be short and blah, blah. And like she got all of that straightened out, addressed. And then when they were going to do a Kings and Queens of Comedy show, all the men got like a limo each and then they asked the women to squeeze in one limo. And she was like, no, <laughs> no, thank you. We're going to get our own limo kind of thing. Um, well, she talked about D.L. Hughley as well. He's replied, but... Oh, uh, negatively about D.L. Yeah, so basically, she went on his show. Um, she said that he's always taking like, digs at her here and there, blah, 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 and her husband, blah, blah, blah. But she basically went on his show, on his radio show and whatnot. They had a great, great time. And then they were playing this game, um, Would You Rather? Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, like, let's go. And then Shannon was like, yeah, but... That's like young people's game. But she was like, yeah, but they were having a great time. So she felt safe with them. She felt cool with them, whatever. But one of the, the would you rather, they kind of put her husband in a very stupid scenario, talking about like, would you rather your husband sleeps with um, Lee Daniels, 
naked, like just very vulgar stuff mm. about her husband or something else. And she found it very disrespectful. And she called Dale Hughley and said, this is what's happened, that this is disrespectful, blah, blah, blah. And he basically said, he basically dismissed it and said, well, this is what we do. This is the game we play on the show. So get over it kind of thing. And she found out it was this, this, um, mm. distasteful. And obviously they had that whole contracts thing that happened afterwards. But then he responded yesterday and he basically said how, he basically called her a liar and said that, um, that that game was scrapped from the show after that. And he said that um, that segment didn't air. But she said the reason why it didn't air, because she wasn't going to ha- allow people to degrade and disrespect her husband like that publicly, mm-hmm. was her lawyers actually sent a cease and desist mm-hmm. to make sure that it doesn't get aired. Because she was like, how can, like, don't disrespect me. You can't, I'm not going to sit here and have you disrespect my husband like that kind of thing, blah, blah. So Dale said whatever he said and whatnot. I don't really care for him ever since I heard that he didn't really support his child when his child was molested. Don't really care from people like that. Um, who else she talk about? She talked about what did she talk about? She talked about herself at the end. Yes, yeah, she's so funny. <laughs> she's so funny. She talked about um her she, she, also she praised her husband so well, which is absolutely so beautiful to hear. I loved it. I love like how just how she just talked about her man and how he's always there and just like a just a king, man. She done the whole interview in that voice as well, isn't it? I don't know. I sped it up because I was short time. Oh, you mean like her, her sweet. Little voice. Because I watched it, you know, like it premiered. I was watching it live, innit? Okay, and, yeah. And, so, and I was watching her talking, and the whole time she was, I didn't get to finish it all, but the whole time she was just using that voice. What voice? You know that voice? Because she was explaining herself, and she was trying to get you like, to empathize with her, and she was. Oh, the way she talks, like slow and like. This is slow, and the. I love the voice. She, did she use yeah, it for the, the whole voice. I don't know. I was on, did she use it for I the whole three on, hours? I was on. Two times. Oh, so you you just had hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, <laughs> she didn't miss a beat. So was like, to be fair though, I, I slowed down. When she was talking about her husband, I slowed it down. I said, I want to hear this in Monique's voice, <laughs> and it sounded sweeter. But yeah, she talked about her husband and stuff, and she talked about um, what was it you said a second ago? Very oh, good, man. Who she? Yeah, about her. She was talking about like how back in the day, yeah, she was like she was a she was a <laughs> and she was very aggressive. And then she said, Sorry? she said she was very aggressive. No, no, she yeah. used to snap back. You know, yeah, that was to do. With she like, said, "This, you know how black women do." I was like, "Wow, let me rewrite again." You know how black women do. Yeah, I but said, you're taking it? out of context there. No, no, what? What? No, you heard what I said. You're taking out of context. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, right? Um, and she was basically saying how when she met her husband and she felt like away because she'd been with people and blah blah, and he was just like, "Oh no, like you're not her. You just got um friendly pussy. You got friendly pussy." <laughs> <laughs> She's funny, you know. She's so funny because it was so funny because basically Shannon tried to ask. So he did. He didn't try. He did. He asked her about um dating advice. She read him first of all. <laughs> she said, first of all, she was like, "You're 56 year old man. You stop running around, running around with these twenty six year olds. I need to get you a woman of your own age." Because he was like, "When you're out here, fifty six with a twenty six year old, and she wants to go for the fourth round, and then you're all tired, trying to give her money to go to Starbucks and shit." <laughs> He was like, get you a woman your own age and let her make you a nice, you know, nice little snack that will give you... And it was a whole... It was so funny. He was all, She was always telling him to come home, innit? Yeah, she basically like, come home. She, cause basically she said how she'd bunnies. heard... Yeah, she'd heard mm. that he doesn't like black women. But also, that one, I was like, mm, Because basically, she said she heard that he doesn't like black women. And he said that his grandma told him, essentially, that not to address things that are not real, innit? Okay. 
But then he goes, my mum, he goes, my mum is black and my kids are black. Mm-hmm. Personally, <laughs> <laughs> what job? <laughs> Don't worry, I'm going to put you on camera. He's going to tell you what he does. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> you should have left him standing. That's never happened before. Uh, no, never. Sorry guys, off air banter. But um Yeah, so basically he wasn't so his response to the rumor about him not liking black women was that his mom is black and his kids are black. And I don't think that's a reason. Hella black no, nope, let me finish my sentence. Hella black men that disrespect white that, sorry, that disrespect black women. Have black kids, black moms, black everything. I don't think that that's grounds for somebody, for it to not be true that they don't like black women. But again, I mean, I'll listen to him. It's he, not. he doesn't like, he dislikes black women. And he's saying that his children are black. Yeah. And, and, and his mother, the woman he probably loves the most in life, is black. That's a good enough argument, isn't it? No, it's not. That's a weak argument, actually. Just because, you're, just because no, that doesn't mean that, I'm not saying it doesn't dabble. In, um, no, 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 I'm not even talking about dabbling at all. Because he can, he can do whatever he's he wants like to do. He's like a total dislike. I'm saying, I thought that, that ain't that a good enough argument, a case. Th- this, nah. this is what I was going to say, because that's black, he has black kids. Yeah, but there's hella black men that I've seen that are colorists, hate dark-skinned women, mm. and the women they came from is dark-skinned, and their kids are also dark-skinned. I don't, I don't think that having black family or having, it's, it's kind of like a white person who tells you they can't be racist because they've got a black friend. Oh, the neighbor's black. It's the same thing for me. Not the same, though. It, why is it not the same? Because your friend you can disregard. Like, you no, can but you can, be a, you can, you can disregard your parent to... as well. No, you but, can disregard your, your family. No, but your child. You, you've chosen to, to make a calculation. How many people, are, how many people are intentionally um, doing family planning? Yeah, that's true. But he's got more than one child, right? Okay, and? I think, it's, I'm not too sure if it's the same woman or whatever. But it, it's, it looks like he's made the decision to have kids with a black woman. I'm telling you, that's fine. <laughs> I'm telling you that I don't believe that because you have black family, because your mom, your mom is black, your sister is black, your kids are black, means that you automatically may not dislike black women. I think it's very; those people are very different. They hold a different position in your life. Is the language to strangers. If someone said to him, "I heard you don't date black women," yeah, mm. I don't think yeah. that, I don't think that would be a good response because you could yeah you could have had black kids and that you could have you where you are in your life now like, yeah. you might don't date black women. Yeah. So I don't think that's a good response. Tuck but me to in, say that in. he doesn't like mm. black women, yeah. ain't that a justifiable response? Tag me, tag me, tag him, tag him. All right, cool, cool. Check this, right? <laughs> so suppose, right, a man who is in the public eye. He's probably a presenter on a national broadcast station. Mm. Is gay. And he's got two kids. (laughs) You can't say he likes women. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. Okay. Updated. That'll do it. <laughs> but um, all in all, Tell anyway, me, was because I know the, the, the <laughs> guy. Not, that doesn't feel fair. That no, doesn't it's feel a, it's fair. The same thing, man. I don't feel you can equate the same um, homosexuality and stuff like that's been illegal in other countries. Like there's people that had to live in a closet for, for ages. I don't think it's. I don't think. Mm. I don't think they're the same. You know what I'm trying to say? At one point, you could be persecuted for being homosexual. So men had to live in secret and had to go and have families and do all these kind of things. Mm-hmm. And in a different day and age, when it's easier to come out, you can come out and live your truth. I don't think it's fair to, to equate the two. Do you know men that that love absolutely adore their mum, love their mum, but treat women as pieces of shit? 
that they treat women like shit. Yeah, probably. It's the same thing. Because like, no. someone can say the way you treat women is horrible and then he can say, how could that be possible? I've got a mum. I've got a sister. I've got cousins. But again, my, the point I'm making is that the relationship he has with those women are different to the relationship that he would have with black women. Do you get what I mean? But I don't think that him liking um, like different nationality of women anyway necessarily means he doesn't like black women. Mm. So that rumour, like, I understand why he didn't address it because the rumour is like that. But I'm just saying that for me, when I've that argument for me doesn't hold up. But like he said anyway, his grandma told him not to, uh, you know, mm. not to address certain things and blah, blah, blah. But all, in, all anyway, it was a very good interview. I really, really liked it. Um, she is saying that, he asked her like, how can she move forward with Tyler Perry and Oprah? And she said she just wanted to, to just be accountable for what it is that they've done. Because Tyler Perry basically, in the conversation with Tyler Perry she had, the audio, he actually said that he was going to apologise um, publicly, blah, 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 whatever, whatever. And he just decided that he's just not going to address it and not going to do anything about it. And she was like, no, she deserves contem- com- um, compensation because you single-handedly ruined my career and made people think I was difficult to work with and you have cost me millions. She said they literally was dealing with, like, it... it, it it affected them financially mm. and stuff. So you've single-handedly cost me money and you're going around talking about, I don't want to, I don't want to say da, 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 da. And then who was it? Was it Oprah? Was it Oprah? Was it Tyler? One of them anyway, maybe two of them. Let me know their best, their besties anyway. But basically demand that she apologize to them. Mm. But she was like, apologize for what? You're the one who offended me. Like, what am I apologizing for kind of thing? Yeah, so they wanted her to go on national TV to oh, attract yes. what it is that she had put out. Yeah. So that they, their name wasn't sullied. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. But this times they did do that shit. This is after, like, are they saying this? Um, if they do a, a an apology thing, or is this just yes, yeah, so, yes? No, they're saying. I think they're trying to say like, we'll apologize but then after, but then you after you've apologized and we chat, and she's like, I'm not. Apolog- I've got nothing to apologize for. I'm not doing that. I I hear Monique, man. I, I, it's it's very sad. Obviously, she brought up the whole donkey of the day thing as well. But she, because she talked about the Netflix thing, and she was saying how with with the Netflix thing, essentially Amy Schumer got a lot of money, and Netflix made it clear that she wasn't a legend. She hadn't done this, hadn't done that, but they thought I should get the money. But then when they came to her, they said to her, "You are a legend. You've done this and that, da 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 da. This is what we're gonna give you." So she said when she appealed for that, obviously that's when Charlemagne gave her donkey of the day, which she did address with Leonard. But she then said how people were reporting and calling her and calling her like all sorts of names for demanding to be paid her worth. Mm. And she said no one ever came back to report that Netflix actually did agree and paid her what she asked for. Mm. So it was, I think it was a really good, it was a really good interview. Very interesting. Um, very interesting, I would say. I liked it. I enjoyed it. But well, yeah. She's made a, like a Netflix thing about. Also. She's going to drop it soon, isn't it? Oh, is she? Yeah, it's called Boo, I think. And she said you're going to see it soon. Okay. So I think all this stuff is going to be in the... Is it going to be in that? I believe so. That just reminded me as well. So basically, she was talking about when she was in the film Almost Christmas. And what's that girl? Will... Will something. Will... Smith. No. <laughs> He's a producer or director. He's a producer. Will Fa- not Will Fa- Not Will Fa- Will Packer. Will Packer. Yeah, him. Basically, I think he produced the film or wherever, wherever, wherever it was. And he basically said to her, her contract was for her to do a cameo. A cameo is one little glimpse of you. But then she said, somehow they end up working her into more scenes. I actually like that film. It's very, very good. Um, it's called Almost Christmas. And they worked into more things. But she said she didn't fight it on account of, I think the, uh, some of the, exec- the executive producer or something like that was a f- childhood friend 
of her husband or whatever. So that could, you know, like, cool, whatever. And then with her contracts, well, she was meant to get like a sitcom after and get this and get that, whatever, after, after, after. But anyways, she said that the way that they were treated in, in that film as well was horrible. She kind of linked it to when the, the color purple situation of them having rats in their, in their not caravan, trailers and whatnot. And she basically said how the way they're moving with that film was horrible, da 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 And he wasn't, he wasn't understanding and he wasn't, he wasn't kind, cut long story short. Basically, their trailer caught on fire. As in, it blew up. She said there was a there was a gas leak, right? And they smelt it. And she let them know that there is a gas leak, that they can smell gas in the trailers and whatnot. And the person was like, oh, the runner person was like, oh yeah, we spoke to Will about it. And he just said, okay, and and left it. The thing caught, caught um, it actually set, set, um, caught fire. And she actually posted the, the thing online. She was like, I'm going to post on my story. And she did post on her stories. And she said, when that happened, then Will, nobody thought to message, no, none of them reached out to anybody. She said, well, certainly not me, to ask if they were okay, blah, blah. All they asked her, yeah, was if her character's wigs were... <laughs> Gosh! If her character's wigs were fine. And she was like, no, it burnt along with the trailer. So she was like, they never asked them whether if they lost anything personal or anything like that. They just moved on. It's horrible, man. The more you learn about stuff that goes on in Hollywood and whatnot, and she talked, obviously she talked about the Parkers as well, which I reported on, which is why it's not anything at the moment. Because they're trying to tell them that the Parkers didn't make no money. And I think that she said they only got paid for the last season or something like that. And it was like, I think it was, what was it? It was a season four, I think. 50 grand per 50 episode. Grand episode for like 25 Yeah, and it was 22 episodes. Mm. But then the other ones, they didn't get paid for it. And she, she actually got the Parkers 90 days, when she was, 90 days after being in Hollywood. I was like, yeah. But um, she's basically saying how to, her, her, her encounters at the moment are trying to fight for, to get money because mm-hmm. they're trying to tell them the, the show didn't make money and so they need to just get over it. A lot of that stuff is all her fault though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, because contracts. She was just speaking about being naive to it. Like the, yeah. the, that whole Parker's bit, what she was moaning about, she couldn't really... I'm oh, sorry, she never really had a leg to stand on it. Like it was yeah. sad, it was just it's, Yeah, it's poor contracts. It was just, that, didn't that, was, that, was, that was your fault. You missed it. Yeah, that was one of us to told her to stop um, playing the victim. And this, yeah, this is to do, yeah, but, ways no, but that's her. different though. Huh? You're taking out context again. I don't like no, that. This is, this I don't, I don't like the fact you're doing this. I don't like the fact that you're doing this. I'm very disappointed in you. When you say taking <laughs> Anyways, out of context, right, you're, no, you're, you're really taking out context. Go on, explain the context then, because it's to do with her abuse and stuff. So you can't just you can't just drop a line about her husband told her to stop playing victim without letting people know why it is her husband asked her to stop playing victim. Because he said that you're using it as a crutch. That's the word she said. Yes, but that's the word she said. But why did she say that? Because she's trying to paint a picture of this strong black man who came in and mm-hmm. basically changed her life. Okay, fair. I watched, I listened to it. Okay. And at the end, she was talking about how she used to be this, that, and the next. And yeah, you know the whole adage where women say, um, I'm only going to respect you and uh, quote unquote submit. If it is, you're worthy to submit to. Yeah, but yeah, that was a good thing, actually. I, I like the fact that she said that. Because she said her, her husband is, quote-unquote, I guess, worth submitting to because he never asked her to submit. And I keep telling you, that's how you know a real man. All the people that are fighting for the, the <laughs> right for submission, that ain't it, y'all. And she said her Because psych- she said that's a real man. He, he didn't have to ask for it. He, his actions and the way he is 
dictated that. And she said her psychiatrist told her the same thing about the stop using the victim mind, stop using the the, the, the stop playing victim and using it as a crutch in mm-hmm. order to basically go and sleep with such 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 such. That's what the psychiatrist said. Yeah. And then she was like, yeah, that's what my husband said. I'm just repeating what, what he said. I just happen to be smiling when I'm talking to you. That's why you're saying you don't like what I'm doing. No, it's not. It's got nothing to do with your smile. I like your smile most days. <laughs> it's the way you. It's the way you're dropping it. But anyways, it's a good interview. Go and watch it. Um, check it out. And also, last night the mobiles happened. Um, I'll just let you know a few of the winners. People are seven looks. I don't like the function on Twitter. Okay, well, to be hypocritical, but you know how people have a lot of people have private accounts now because obviously they took circles away and whatnot. Yeah, I don't like the fact that there can be a tweet. Yeah. And it will have like 50 quote tweets. And when you go, there's only one. That you can only see one. Okay, yeah. Because the rest of them are behind. Privacy. I just, ah. Oh. Anyway, so obviously, uh, Mobius happened last night. You've got all the fashion, fashionness of it all. People look great. People look good. And yeah, man. I don't, I can't, I can't bother. I've talked a lot. I can't bother to read the winners for things. But. You got to shut it for yeah, so Central C, I'm, I'm on Instagram. Oh. So Central C got Best Male Act. Um, Sims, Lil Sims got Best Hip Hop Act. Uh, <laughs> Ray, what was it? Okay, I don't know what that is. Um, Why is it on me for, anyway? I just want you to realise how much space above your head there isn't. No, there is, but thank you very much. I'd have to get up again and shift the camera. That's all. It wasn't to do with Lil Sims. That was a coincidence. Okay. Shits and Gigs got best media personality. Big up Shits and Gigs. Um, Ashaka got best African music act. K Trap best drill act. Best drill act. Sorry. Um, it was great. It was fun. Go and check it out. I'm done. Where's the man with the? Oh gosh. So yeah. That was wonderful. There's no way you just just pause. That's not you. You might as well give us a little a little more string on the mobile. So basically, yeah, they gave Drake and um, Twenty One Savage, yeah, because I was gonna ignore this best international act. There was a whole thing. So last year was it? Yeah, it was last year. So last year, with the gospel um, artists, whatnot, gospel category, they gave it to Maverick City Music, who are an American international global. Mm. I need them to come here because I need to go. To a show, right, but I'm hearing the promotion. The promotion, yeah, yeah, cool. the promoting fee is wild. But if someone could make that happen, that'd be great. But obviously, so last year they faced a lot of criticism because people were like, "The mobile is meant to be for us." Isn't it, isn't the bee in there something British or something? And they're like, "The mobile is meant to be for us." Like, why are you giving international acts that are not even essentially? Why are you giving international acts that are not paying attention to to this platform awards? when it could go to homegrown talent kind of thing. But I guess Best International Act speaks for itself. But 21 Savage and Drake um, got that. So Drake's having a good week. That's just wonderful. Damien India looked absolutely amazing, man. Music of Black Origin. Okay, so I guess anyone could get them. Okay, well, that's it for me. Let's get to people's channel. All right, people, welcome to the People's Journal, where I give you the news from an economics point of view. First thing I wanted to mention here, remember, it seems like Labour's been changing their approach to things, right? Remember, um, I've been speaking about the Shadow um, Chancellor 
changing up a few things. And it seems like they've done another U-turn, man. So they're ditching the policy that they were pretty much at the forefront of their um, new manifesto going forward and something that they were going to kind of push to the forefront with regards to this election. And this is about spending £28 billion a year on um, basically a green investment plan. So this official um, announcement will be made today. But long story short, sources are basically saying that um, the party's green prosperity plan, which includes creating a publicly owned green power company, right? It's not being dropped altogether, but they're not going to be committing to that long-term £28 billion a year for this whole green energy thing. So remember, obviously, they've criticised um, other parties about not doing enough for, you know, j- just clean energy and things of that nature. And now it seems like they're U-turning it. And one of the reasons they're saying is because um, they believe that, especially given the current climate, they need to be putting more money into the economy, so to speak, and getting everyone back to a certain level of quality of life, you know what I mean, to, to kind of avert this whole um, cost of living crisis rather than putting all that money into um, green energy and, and things like that. Next thing I wanted to mention quickly is Pret. You guys are shopping Pret? Mm-hmm. Occasionally, actually. Have you, have you seen the veggie Pret? There's actually a store that says Pret, veggie. the coffee shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's one that just says veggie Pret. What is there's that on there? Just vegetarian food in there, isn't it? But isn't that a coffee shop? No, they sell food as well. The sandwiches? Yeah. But no one wants this veggie sandwich. You can put that with the normal sandwiches. Doesn't <laughs> <laughs> deserve its own shop. Well, the people thought it did. <laughs> well, long story short, they decided what you decided. They're rich over there, and boy. They've changed. They've changed that basically. So they had like they've got three final um, veggie pret stores, right, in London and in Manchester, and they're going to be switching to normal pretz by the end of this month, isn't it? So that idea was just just to roll out something, and I think they wanted to encourage other people to kind of switch to more vegetarian routes. Well, you know what I mean? Think about the planet, you know, because you meat eaters out here. Just don't care about nobody, right? So this is what they're, they're, they're pretty much saying. And they first launched it, by the way, eight years ago. So eight years, can you imagine? Eight years ago. But there wasn't many. There, there was only a handful of them, I guess. So this is why, um, yeah, they, they've pretty much switched it up. And also what the um, the director of Pret said, he said that pretty much every Pret is a veggie Pret shop anyway. You know what I'm saying? There's always going to be vegetarian options in there. I believe they said one third of all of their the stuff that they sell is, is vegetarian friendly anyway. Next thing I wanted to mention is apparently, according to a pensions industry body, a single person will now need £31,300 a year for a moderate income in retirement. Are you hearing this, yeah? £31,300 a year for a moderate income. So the rising cost of living and expectations, obviously, to offer financial support, financial support to grandchildren, because obviously, you know, people can't expect that that you've got less less um, outgoings when you're a grandparent. And to be fair, it's, it's almost like a cultural thing, isn't it? Where the grandparent obviously kind of spawns, it's not spawns, sponsors like their grandchildren, helps with certain things here and there. And basically, when you factor in all of that in 2024, what they're pretty much saying is to have a moderate income in retirement stage, that's how much money you're going to need a year. To have a minimum level um, sort of retirement, a single person will need 14400 a year. And to have a comfortable retirement, you will need £43,100 a year. just want to mention some of the figures for couples. So for couples, um, they require a joint 22400 at a minimum level. To have a moderate level retirement, you'll need 43100 So that's basically what a single person will need for a comfortable retirement. And then to be on the comfortable end of things in retirement, you'll need £59,000 a year as a couple. 
Next thing I wanted to mention also is um, for the people that watch Disney and care about Taylor Swift, <laughs> like Disney basically are going to be investing in a lot of stuff to do with Taylor Swift now. So what they're saying is they're going to be including um, an exclusive version of her one of her tours. So her Eras tour concert or something like that, that's going to be on Disney Plus now. Um, they're also going to be investing £1.5 billion in Epic Games. So, you know, they're, they're the people that made Fortnite and stuff like that. So, yeah, man, it looks like Disney's are trying to, you know what I mean? Like, just try and bring more other like other things that's more engaging for the average person now, especially when you're thinking about, not even thinking about, they've already rolled out the increases to their different plans and stuff. So, yeah, um, they've, they've just been under a, a lot of pressure to kind of shake up the business and get people committing to um, the... the the more expensive plans, which are, t which is ten ninety nine for the, the overall package, and I believe the more, um, the lowest one is four ninety nine or seven ninety nine as well. Last thing I wanted to mention is apparently, oh, where is it? Um, where is he? You know the energy giant Equinor, basically the boss of that particular um company is basically saying that countries need to secure supplies of oil and gas locally basically this is obviously just a response to the whole situation of um, the ukraine and russia invasion um well russia's invasion of ukraine and basically how because of all of that because we totally relied on everything that was going on in that particular region it kind of messed up or not kind of it definitely disrupted and, and increased the prices of you know what i mean just just basics you know what i'm saying especially like the gas and oil and um yeah basically he's just been pushing that that narrative that look governments need to recognize that this sort of thing can happen anytime especially now when you're considering what's happening in the middle east as well so yeah long story short um they're basically saying yeah people need to like focus on making um energy sources much much more locally basically but yeah that's pretty much it for the people's journal man not much today thank you let's go into our interview Okay, guys, we are today. We are talking about skin. <laughs> it's my favorite <laughs> thing to talk about. We're talking about skin today, and we have a lovely special guest. Please introduce yourself, sir. Hey, everyone. Yeah, my name is Ya Otre. Um, I like to pronounce it the proper way. I think I've been uh, a lot of my Ghanaian friends and family have given me a lot of stick for <laughs> pronouncing it the um, the white way. The white the way. So, way. So, <laughs> what is? I'm trying to think because your name is very clear. Yeah. I'm trying to think, how could you possibly have pronounced that? If you're Ghanaian, then like you you know how to pronounce it. But yeah. if not, it's it's almost like people pronounce it phonetically in terms of my surname. Like Yao? So, no, so Yao, Yao, they say Yo. <laughs> I don't know how that comes <laughs> Not Yao. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, and then Ochoa is like Okiri, but then like, you know, I've, I've yeah, vowed to always pronounce my name properly regardless of where I am. I love that. Um, that's, that's very important, actually. But, um, but yeah, so that's that. But I'm, yeah, I'm the founder and CEO of Ava Estelle. And what that is, it's a skincare brand nice. uh, predominantly focused on people of colour, uh, particularly women. And um, it was a brand that came about. No, no, wait, wait, no. Don't tell me yet. Don't tell you yet. Well, it's a long story, so okay, don't tell well, me well, yet. That's fine. Well, but, but I mean, Avery Estelle, so the things we do, like, predominantly like, problematic skin concerns. So okay. by that, I mean, you know, when you think about eczema, hyperpigmentation, mm -hmm. psoriasis, you know, anything that's sort of like mildly wrong with your skin yeah. that you don't necessarily need a doctor for, mm -hmm. Avery Estelle um, has got you. Love that. All right. So we're going to get into a lot more about Ava Estelle. Um, yeah. But we have a game that we play with all of our lovely guests. Yeah, of course. 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's a general knowledge question. Oh, questions. Terrible. And this or that. No, no. Don't no, 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 speak about yourself like that. No, no, um, I know what I'm good at. <laughs> so you've got to know your strengths, man. <laughs> um, so it's like this or that and yeah. general knowledge questions. Fair enough. Let's and see. we do have a board that we're keeping the score. Cool. Yeah, uh, keeping the score. Let's start from the bottom, yeah? Yeah, okay. Is that because you're helping your Ghanaian brother? Uh, no. Oh, let's see. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you ready? Let's go for it. Brent, are you... Uh, if you don't know it, just say pass so you can go on to the next question quicker, yeah? yeah okay, cool. All right. We're trying to rack up these points. All right, three, two, one... Name one country located in the Middle East. Dubai? Well, UAE, actually. What African countries speak Am- Amharic? Pass. Vacation or solo trip? Vacation. What Caribbean country gained independence in 1962? Pass. From the UK. Um, who was the main star of the sitcom Martin? Pass. Online or in-store? Online. Name a unit of temperature besides Celsius. Who was the first black woman to win the Nobel Prize in Nobel Prize in literature known for her novel Beloved? Pass. Um, behind the scenes or front of stage? Behind the scenes. Which American African American actor starred in Django Unchained and Ray? Uh, I see his face. <laughs> <laughs> Pass. <laughs> Pass. Um, Castro. Oh, crap, I missed it. Kasia was the leader of what country? You didn't even try. I'll be honest with you. You didn't like, try. Like I said, I know my strengths. Like, no. Don't ask me anything business related. <laughs> <laughs> I get to know. Go to sleep. I was rooting for you. Um, yeah. What did you get? You the got, Martin Lawrence UAE. one. The Martin, UAE. the sitcom one. Mm-hmm. Was Martin, Martin Lawrence. I, I, I barely watch movies. No, it's a sitcom. <laughs> like anything. Like, really? Yeah. To be fair, that is just uh, one of my favorite sports. There. So you got two, yeah, two, two right. Yeah. Fahrenheit. Oh, Fahrenheit, yeah. Mm-hmm. See, like anything like that's like science or. Oh business yeah, related, yeah. Okay, fair. I'll, I'll get it. So yeah, I know my strengths. <laughs> that's fair. That is, <laughs> that is fair. That is fair. But how are you there anyway? No, I'm very well. I'm very well. Yeah. Um, although very tired, but obviously I say that to everyone. Um, but also when I say that, I also speak from a place of privilege. I was like, I mean, it's only what six weeks in the in the year so far. Mm. Um, I feel like I've yeah. done I don't know 60 weeks already mm. <laughs> are you a scientist sorry are you a scientist am I a scientist uh, by education yes Sick. so the, um, like because obviously with all, when people got like um, skincare products and stuff yeah. like that mm-hmm. there's always like the, the formula that goes into it and stuff yeah. like that and it obviously if it's helping improve people's condition mm-hmm. so I've always I've always like I always wonder like um is it something like a form that's been created, like or an idea that you've invested in, or are you the creator of the formula that's actually helping? So like, I, I, I actually formulated it as well. Um, oh. So like all of our products today, I've I've literally formulated all, like all of them. Um, but I say that because so you created like the cure, basically. Like you, well, it's just the active ingredients are all out there somewhere, right? It's okay. just about just like putting them together and just because well, so the way you look at a lot of skincare, a lot of cos- cosmetics, there's really nothing that's actually new or novel yeah right so it's just about understanding um what ingredients or what mm-hmm. active ingredients or like together we put them together to be able to get the results and the outcome that you want yeah okay. um the people actually creating like really really novel stuff that's like really far and few in between and those are like billion dollar companies that are mm-hmm. investing hundreds of millions into coming mm-hmm. up with like new active ingredients yeah but apart from that 
a lot of activities already out there. It's just about figuring out what you want and figuring out, you know, mm. what you can formulate together to then mm. get your end result, essentially. Okay. Yeah. All right. Can you tell us the story? Because I'm a lover. I'm a lover girl, right? So let us know, please, the story of how it is that you did come up with Avery Estelle. Um, and so, yeah, no pressure. No pressure on the guys. And in terms no of pressure. Like, uh, <laughs> in terms of you are a married man. I didn't marry people. Stop getting the chat. Please. We're, I mean, we're press resistant in here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, this date back to I believe 2016, right? So at a time I was actually working um, for another brand, sort of mm. one of our startups, and what yeah. we're doing is trying to formulate um, healthier alternatives to energy drinks and stuff like yeah. that. So that's what I was working. Then I met, you know, my wife Esther. So obviously, oh, she's even my namesake. Look at, <laughs> look at that. Um, I wasn't married to her. Big up her when I met her. But I mean, so just throughout dating, I noticed something about her. And uh, mm. it was the fact that um, anytime we would go out or anything like that, she would always sort of like wear long sleeve blouses or wouldn't want to take off her jacket, etc. Mm. And just through conversations, I got to understand that it was because she had some marks and hyperpigmentation on her arm mm -hmm. from like eczema scars and stuff like that. Okay, that really made her feel a little bit insecure. Oh, babe. Um, yeah. And sometimes people will say, "Oh, just like a few words of, of encouragement is all you need," and all that stuff. But for for some people, I mean, that I want a cure. Exactly right. <laughs> um, but also at the same time, she didn't want to use anything that was chemical based because okay. in her head, um, anything that's chemical based is going to bleach her skin and all that stuff. And obviously mm -hmm. that's a big no-no. Um, so I thought, you know, actually I can probably just formulate something for you, right? And that and that was literally all it was. Mm -hmm. um, and I said to her, listen, like, um, if I can if I can create something for you that, you know, clears up your skin, all that stuff is all natural. You don't have to worry about bleaching your skin or chemicals. Do I get another date? Look, like, <laughs> that's why right, girls, look at that, girls, girls, you've got to take notes. This is why you can't be dating waste man. And you need to be dating people that can bring Imagine you went on a date and you had a man say, you know what? I got you. I got you. You say your skin. Um, Gosh. Like, Dexter's laboratory thing. Like, I'm going to go Bro, to my lab. Imagine. <laughs> I'm going to cook up something for you. Cooking. That was a, Could you that, imagine? That was only prerequisite. So, um, and then. Flipping lip. I'm, I'm pretty sure. The product doesn't have to work, you know. So? The product doesn't have to work for me. <laughs> the, fact that, the fact that you were this, you actually fought to do this. <laughs> Bro, I mean, points. like, I mean, to the, uh, to the benefit of, I mean, it's like, that was my sport, really. So that's. So my man. That's what I do day to day. Right, so, <laughs> right. so, so. she could have gone, gone out with the king of La Roche Prince. He might not have suggested that. Uh, Fair enough. Credits where um, credits to you. But yeah, so um, did it. I'm pretty sure she didn't even believe it was gonna work or whatever like mm. that. She probably thought I was just, I was just trying to guess. What kind of thing is this? <laughs> I never heard this before. <laughs> so a month later, I, you know, I bring this formulation to her. She used it, and then like within two, three weeks, literally her skin cleared up. It's like. Mm. What did you do? I was like, oh, no, I told you, I'm not gonna create something. But, then, but anyway, that was it, right? It was never supposed to be a business because I was involved in other businesses. Did you get a second date? Well, fast forward seven years now, we're married with two kids. So <laughs> look at God. So yeah, um, so that's what happened literally, and then that that was the end of it. It was literally supposed to be for her. Mm -hmm. uh, but then fast forward to 2020 during COVID. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously, most of us were all being paid 80% of our wages to sit mm -hmm. at home and, and being a little bit of an entrepreneur, I just started getting a little bit of itchy feels like, well, I need to do something, right? Um, so I went back into my notes of like 100 different ideas, and this is the one I landed back on. Mm -hmm. And um, it was predominantly because also like I could formulate it and still get all the safety approvals and all the, and, and all the tests done because a lot of labs were still opened. Mm -hmm. um, so I decided to go ahead with that. And um, 
we launched literally towards the back end of COVID. I think it was like October 2020. And everything literally just went nuts from there on. And okay. two weeks in, literally just like resigned to everything else I was doing, threw all the eggs into this basket. And um, what, three and a half years, over $20 million in revenue. Good time, girl. I was gonna say because you said this is kind of your li- that it was a, your line of work when you created it for your girlfriend yeah. or your wife. Um, what did you, what were you doing? So at the time, um, I was formulating and being the operational manager for another brand. Okay. Um, so, but what we were doing there was we were creating again healthy alternatives to energy drinks basically okay um, so i've always been in the business of just like consumer goods and like mm. formulation you know i studied chemical engineering at uni so yeah. sort of like i understood all the sciences behind it yeah and how to formulate and then also be an entrepreneur at the same time you know trying to you know i think i've been in business for the last 10 years prior to this obviously nothing's really ever worked to this level yeah so i believe there's almost like i have I was very uniquely positioned to do this particular business mm. because one and to the science, I'd been in business, you know, and marketing and everything like that for the last 10 years. Yeah. I'd met Esther and then she had this skin concern. So just putting all those different things together is almost mm. like, you know, I had the very key unit skills across everything to be able mm-hmm. to do this particular business. All lined up. All yeah. lined up from for it to work the way it's pretty much turned out to be, essentially. So, so cool. meeting this woman yeah. actually made your entrepreneurial journey Pretty much. Without this yeah. woman, yeah, like still you, languishing. Ask, ask her, she told you. Didn't the Bible tell you, he who finds a wife? That's it. And <laughs> I mean, like, literally, that's out. what happened for me. That's what literally. Like, really prior to hell, it's like, I've been in business before, but nothing yeah. really like. Look, look yeah. at that. Literally. No, that's beautiful, man. Absolutely, absolutely love that. Absolutely. I was going to say, what did you study at uni as well? Uh, chemical engineering. I thought, I thought you said that. Yeah. 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 Isn't that what you studied? Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. Oh, biomedical engineering. Yeah. All right, cool. My bad. That's so cool. Ross, I think that was because, again, like, I was dyslexic and I never knew until I got to uni, right? Yeah. So throughout, okay. well, I am not, I was, I am still dyslexic, right? Mm. Um, so throughout all my, like, upbringing, yeah. um, I never really, I was, I was never good at, that English and writing and all that stuff, mm. but now I pretty much did that. Did, I did that for a living, right? Yeah. Like, literally, I'm sat, I'm sat on emails, very, very concise, <laughs> all that stuff. Um, so then that led me down because I, I just thought I was just better at maths and science. So literally, oh. just like went down that route. Like, yeah. That's what I'm good at. I'm just going to focus on that, not knowing it was just because you know, mm. all the stuff. Then I, then I got to uni, I had to write some essays, and they were like, You're good at this, like, just go and do a dyslexia test. And then he came back, like, I'm just like terribly dys- dyslexic. Who, su- who suggested that? Uh, one of my personal tutors at uni. Okay. Yeah. So okay. literally, like, I got there, and like, after one year, they were like, do a test. So literally, wow. just I figured it out when yeah. I got to uni. But then also, I mean, I have enough comparing all these things. They just hear you, God forbid. <laughs> Ma'am, the test result came back. But yeah. then, so does uni, does that, do they make concessions for that? Um, forward? Yeah, mine did, because I think, I can't remember. Where did you go to? Uh, Warwick. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, um, again, it's like in Coventry, somewhere in the middle of nowhere. Mm. Um, lovely place, though. Um, I I think my pay for it, I can't remember. I mean, this was this was while I, um, a while ago. But then after that, like you get like a free laptop and all yeah. these like you know, <laughs> get, like, extra twenty percent. I mean, time in um, mm-hmm. during exams and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. comes with its perks. So the difference, obviously, making a product for when you're trying to impress. Yeah. That's what you were doing. Yeah. You, did. <laughs> you did that. Um, difference between making a product for a woman you're trying to impress and then making it to sell. What is the? How different is that? Because 
obviously I would imagine you were a bit you were a bit nervous giving it to her in terms of it's her skin, I hope yeah. it works, blah, blah, blah. But then when you're gonna mass produce now, like what was the difference with that? Um so for me personally, I wouldn't I don't know if think in terms of like how it felt because again, like I've been in business for like last 10 years, right? So just like trying trying new ideas was was never anything that was new to me. Right. So yeah. I thought, you know what, let's just put it out there and see what and see what happens. And also bear in mind, there was never the intention to build into like a massive business. It was literally supposed to just be like a COVID side hustle. Right. So for me, all it was is that right, I thought, okay, cool, you struggle with this. It seems like, you know, a few people around you and you know, some of my, you know, sisters and all of our probably need this as well. Um, so even before we started out, I was also like applying all the principles that I've learned, you know, throughout my journey in terms of like, you know, build like a wait list and all that stuff. So we did, I think we had about 500 wait, people wait lists before, before we launched because I started speaking about it before. And even before we launched, um, I had given it to like 20 friends and families to try out okay. to see how it works for them. And they came back with like raving results. So okay, I wasn't necessarily concerned about how it was going to work for people. And we had done all our safety tests and all that yeah. stuff. So it was more of a thing where can I just keep myself occupied during mm-hmm. COVID basically when we all started at home. And um, so then that happened literally. Um, launch into the wait list. Uh, the first week or two was all okay. And then like on week three, everything just like blew up. Mm. There's something that happened that made it blow up. Yes, yeah, so um, so I did a I did a post in Shade Bar. Okay, <laughs> literally, and that's what made it blow up. Yeah, literally. So um, uh, one of my mates had done it before. So I think prior to that, um, a lot of these blog pages, I think the only people that ran ads on there were like you know like music videos and stuff like that. So yeah. no one had really used it for sure, any for business the, yeah. outside of that. Mm-hmm. And then also like thinking about it. So one of my mates as well that um, that runs another product, um, another brand had tried it the week before and it literally blew up for her. I was like, listen, I'm going to do the same thing like the following yeah. week. Yeah. Um, but also when you think about it, our audience are all people that are all congregating around these pages anyway, mm-hmm. um, which means that it makes sense to try. Although it's like, it's something different to what they're normally used yeah. to. Um, and also get, during COVID, everyone's on the phones, everyone's got disposable money, no one has anywhere to spend their money. Mm-hmm. Um so literally it's like we did it it was a few before and after pictures in terms of like you know this is what the person you i mean yeah. person had here was the skin before here was the after um and the story about how the brand started mm-hmm. and i think like that day and in um i believe that day so i think prior to that we we're making like maybe like 1k a week or something like that yeah like, like you know first two weeks and on that day i think i remember very clearly it was, it was a saturday actually that day made like 10k in sales mm. and i was like holy crap there's something here Right. Mm-hmm. So then from that day onwards, Leech just like dropped everything, just focused, went in all on this and then Leech yeah. just blew up. Yeah. When it but blew that up the way it did. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone will at this. <laughs> when it blew up the way it did, did you have enough products to meet those um, No, I was just needs? about to ask that. Yeah. No, no, no. How so, did you go um, about that? Um, so, so also one of the benefit for me, because I've been in this game for a long time, mm-hmm. I knew when to almost like... Um, make the most of it something that's happened the demand okay. so actually so the way we actually did the business in the beginning and we actually got it to fund itself mm-hmm. uh was that we almost run it on like a pre-order basis right so essentially so typically i mean like you know a lot of people when you buy something you want it shipped straight away mm-hmm. etc but what we, we did we did a little bit of a, of a reverse whereby we would tell our customers on our website we just be like listen like, we're a new company give us like seven days okay, to process yeah. the order and all that stuff so yeah. a lot of people were more like chilled out and yeah. understanding um, but what was really happening was we were making the sale 
getting the money first and then using the money to run production and then get and then, then get a product out to people okay. so we didn't actually have to have the products ready and well now is very very different now yeah. everyone orders and they want it out tomorrow yeah. right yeah. but at the time was literally i think you know, we run on shopify as well which is like the online platform mm. our back end and then normally whatever sale you make you get paid out in three days time okay right so for example like and then we are then also then focused a lot of our marketing on weekend so mm. we would do a lot of marks on weekend by wednesday we get paid out on that same day we would put out an order of all our raw materials to arrive Thursday, Friday, mm-hmm. throughout the whole of Thursday, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sundays, literally just like run production back to back, to back to back to back to back to back. And then on a Monday, um, Royal will come and pick it up, essentially. Okay. So that's- These are that, working hard in that house, right? <laughs> That's literally what was happening. It was, it was, it was manic, literally. But, but, but Was it just you and your wife making everything? That was literally like all my siblings, everyone, my mom, my dad. Not the kids. What's <laughs> <laughs> in the job? Everyone, literally. That's lit. Like, because like, and also I remember so, I, I remember it so well, even like the day we posted on Shade Barrow, like I think they even posted it two hours earlier than the dinner. I, I wasn't even at home. I think I, I'd taken Esther to a, to a driving test, right? Okay. So I was just sat in the car waiting for her, mm. and all of a sudden, obviously, I've, I've already sent a thing. I think I asked them to post at twelve p.m., and then they posted at ten a.m. Right? Yeah. I'm just sat in the car, I'm just seeing my phone pop off. Like, what the hell is going on? Mm. Right? I open my phone, the shade bar post has gone out, and then my phone is just pinging, 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 pinging. And literally, just like, get off the phone, go on the phone to my brother's. Like, listen, I need you all at my house tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> right this, now, this is going down. Come to the warehouse, yeah. like literally. Like, I think it was run about. Two, two, three hundred orders. I think at the time, the most we had um, got in a day was like 20 orders, right? Oh, wow. So I'm like, holy crap. Yeah, that's, <laughs> right? wow. so, that's a lot. Um, so yeah, we just figured it out. So instead of stopping it, I'm just like, listen, let the orders come going. in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just keep going. We, we, we will figure it out. Because sometimes yeah. with businesses, all you have to do is just explain to the customer, you know? Yeah. Mm. Just let just me know that yeah. this is being worked on, this is being prepared, whatnot. Throw in a cute little, I don't know, little lollipop in there. All <laughs> yeah. is forgiven, love. All is Because I want the product. But it's when, cause it's when like, businesses go quiet yeah. and you can't even remember. Like Sometimes you forget you order something. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. It's been two weeks, two weeks ago. <laughs> Do you get I me? Mean? That's when the issue, I feel like you handled, it, you handled that really yeah. well in yeah, terms yeah. of communicating with them. 100%, yeah. Like, you know, the order was coming and stuff. So did you have, you said warehouse. Did, yeah, warehouse? so we had like a little unit, right? Okay. Literally. So um, obviously, because I was there, I'm also been in engineering, like, Again, mm-hmm. one of the things that worked in my favor is I knew how to set up like, so there's something called like the GMP, good manufacturing process. And when, whenever you set up a production facility, it has to meet that requirements, right? Okay. So just knowing that, just like, you can set up in any space as long as it's, like, it meets those requirements to be able to then go out okay. and all that stuff. So I set up like a little space, literally, yeah. um, just be able to just run everything from there. And what does production look like now? Like, production this, looks like now. Team now? Um, yeah, now my production team is a group of 15 people. Um, just running just production. Like, I think like, and we've had to then relocate to Kent. Actually, we had to we had to move out of London because like commercial space in London was just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. It just didn't really make sense. Yeah. Um. So yes, yeah, the team of people that literally run production. That's day amazing. In, day out. But then, how do you make sure? Obviously, you have someone who tests it to make yeah. sure it meets standards. Like, but when it's with um skincare stuff, mm-hmm. how do you know it meets standards? Like, if you don't so, have a period of testing for like a week or so. Um, so w- what happens is every batch that you produce, so like you, yeah. you, you, you produce stuff in batches, right? Yeah. And every batch needs to be labeled. So it's actually a very, very lengthy process. Mm. Every batch needs to be, you need to set one product aside per batch. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. So yeah. just so that when something goes wrong, you have the traceability to trace back to okay. figure out what batch has gone wrong and who those batches have gone and out to. And you can kind of recall and that. And you can recall that. And then obviously in your production processes, there's like literally checks and balances in place at every single mm. step. Mm. 
just to make sure like even certain things like when you are you know when you're measuring out ingredients and stuff like that mm -hmm. there's like a two-step verification where the person that pours it and measures it is not the person that ticks it off and verifies it right okay. there's someone else so that you have all these things in place yeah. just to make sure obviously something goes wrong because the the, the last thing you want is it's skincare um, man yeah, yeah exactly that's a lot of research. You must yeah. do a lot of research. There's but a lot that go into it. I was going to say, <laughs> but obviously you worked kind of exactly. in manufacturing to, yeah. to be fair, yeah. but it's like a lot of work. Like a lot of research. Yeah. Two-step yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. You mentioned um, when something goes wrong. Is yeah. it inevitable that something every now and again yeah. will just go wrong? Every, I mean, it's happened to us a couple of times. Like every now and then, because I mean, again, you're working with people, right? Every mm -hmm. now and then something's supposed to go wrong. You know, there's a time you have to get rid of like three batches. Oh, like, wow. You just, when it happens, yeah. you just have to take the L. <laughs> basically. Wow. What was that down to? Um, human error, unfortunately. And did you fire them and get some um, um, Polish workers? No, we didn't fire the person, but obviously they get they get a very stern warning. Mm. Unfortunately, but when <laughs> it happens, yeah, because I mean, like, you can't have that happen continuously all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, if, especially if they know what they're supposed to be doing, mm -hmm. and negligence means they've done something wrong, right? So you just have to be able to make sure that you put certain things in place. You mentioned prior to this company, yeah, yeah. you've been an entrepreneur pretty much for 10 years. Yeah. Where did that spirit come from? I want us to go like back, back. to um, back home. So like in everything, like in my case, I believe there's a sponsor, right? When I say someone, someone that literally just like holds your hand to mm. just like, you know, put you on something, right? And mm -hmm. that was one of my cousins actually. So um, actually now let's go, let's go back mm -hmm. even before that, right? So I think for me, I've always had the drive to to want to do well financially. Mm. And that's because, so I, so, so my mom, my mom moved from Ghana to the UK yeah. um, when I was about 10 okay. and then we joined her. So me and my brother, so there's, uh, there's four of us in terms of siblings, right? Okay. So, so me and my brother mm -hmm. joined her when I was 12. Okay. Right. And I remember so well, I think for the, for the first two years, we literally shared a room like mm. this size mm. with my mom, my brother and myself, right? Wow. And I thought then, you were going to say with just your brother. I was thinking, look at this privileged guy. No, this no, is a big no. <laughs> but no, yeah, so yeah, literally, yeah. So she used to rent a room in someone's house. Oh, mm. really? Right. Okay. So like, really, just literally shared a room, and then we would take turns in terms of who sleeps on the floor mm. when, right? Mm. So like, you know, my brother would share the bed with her, and then like, you know, the next day we would swap. Mm. So I'd seen it, but I also seen the amount of hard work that she put in. Like, and at the time she was a nurse, right? So she would be working. Mm. I think at the time it was like twelve-hour shifts each. There were certain I think days where same babes. That's why they were striking. Mm. Yeah, like, there were certain times yeah. where she would do like. Two twelve hour shifts, like literally like twenty four hours, mad. like back to back, right? They've seen that level of hard work. A big up auntie, man. Right, yep. and yeah. I just put it into it, and then within like two or three years, she had bought a house, right? Mm -hmm. So like we literally just moved out, from, like just taking a house out of that situation. I was like, wait, Four women in business, like yeah. if she can do that, there's no reason why yeah. you with, can't. Yeah. with my privilege and going to school and all that stuff, I shouldn't be able to level up, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that's sort of like that mindset that's in terms of like where it stems from, mm. but of the Looking back to Ghana, I think like we were quite privileged anyway. Like my dad had quite a good job, but like, that money when it translates to pounds doesn't yeah. doesn't really reach. <laughs> um, so just like seeing that when we got to the UK is mm. what really sort of like, you know, ticked it for me. And then fast forward to when I got to about 16, I really didn't know anything about business or entrepreneurship whatsoever. It was more so like what, career can I do, mm. right, to try and make as much money as possible. And obviously you speak to your parents and she was like, yeah, go and be a doctor. Because was engineer, like, lawyer. Yeah, 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 yeah. She works in the hospital. It was like, yeah, go and be an engineer, doctor, all that stuff. I was like, cool, yeah, fine, right, I'll do that. So I was actually on the way. I'd done everything I needed to do. I was a first aider. I'd done all that stuff. Mm. Um, yeah. Got to sixth form on my route to go into medical school. And then 
I think when I got to A-levels, um, I think it was 16, 17, one of my cousins used to import some stuff from China, right? Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, by the way, just like take this and just like sell it online or mm-hmm. something. I think it was it was hair straighteners at the time. Okay. So she used to, he's, like, he used to import a whole bunch of goods, but he gave me hair straighteners. It was like, yeah, sell it online. I think you can make some money of it. And then he used to sell it to me for 40 pounds. And I was like, yeah, I'm sure I can just put it on Amazon or eBay or whatever. And these things were selling for like 100 pounds, 120 pounds. I was like, mm. what the hell? Yeah. Why are people buying it's it from me? Yeah. <laughs> why, why are people buying this thing from me for like 100 pounds? I'm sure they can buy it for 40 pounds too, mm. right? Mm. So that, that literally just blew my mind. It made no sense. And then mm. it was at that point where I thought, do you know what? I think, you know, this thing can make more money. So then mm. I started going down the rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. And then it became this whole, I discovered this whole tech world of all these like Silicon Valley, like 25 year olds, billionaires. I'm mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. like, I can be a billionaire by 25. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, 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 I'm gonna do yeah. that. And you can imagine the horror on my mom's face when I told her I don't wanna do medicine no more. <laughs> <laughs> Family meeting. <laughs> <laughs> Never sit down. Like literally, she was like, what do you mean? I've paid all this money to get you prepared to get you trained, mm-hmm. all that stuff. I'm like, mom. So yeah. <laughs> so, so I didn't even have to like, Cancel all my personal statements back in the day when you used to write personal statements for you. Do they do that anymore? For, for, I'm pretty sure there's this Because that built character. Yeah, I'm pretty sure <laughs> so they, need to, they need to go for the UCAS route because that built character. UCAS was a big character. Oh, um, gosh. Yeah, so I literally had to change all of that. It's like, well, I'm not going to study medicine no more. What's the mm. next best thing I can do? And of course, I had always studied maths and science. I thought, yeah, let me just go and be an engineer mm. just, mm. just for the sake of it, really. Why do you then, want to be an engineer for the sake of it? No, well, well I, I couldn't tell I'm not going to uni. No, oh, <laughs> that would be one for free. No, you mean back in Ghana. <laughs> <laughs> as a grown ass man back in Ghana. So, um, yeah, I had to do something. It's like, yeah, I'll just do this. I just, mm. not not for the love of it, but just mm. so that I, I go Obviously, to uni and do yeah. something. Right? And, um, and then, yeah, um, picked all my unis. Like, I hadn't even been to work uni before mm. um, because it was all last minute because I was changing all around all my oh, unis, okay. right? Um, Your teachers must have been stressed. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. I was so annoyed. <laughs> but then I got there, it was probably like one of the best unis, like, for yeah. me anyway. So, it's one, it's one yeah. of the best unis in the country, though. Yeah. It is, yeah. yeah. Warwick yeah. is a big, big yeah. boy uni. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and then the, I got there, and there was a like, massive entrepreneurial, um, entrepreneurial society as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, is. wow, like, mm-hmm. this is amazing. So you're calling. So literally. And then I think there was one guy there that had already taken his company to, like, Silicon Valley and was like, raised like half a million pounds whilst he was still at you and I was like oh my god like Mm. what an idol right (laughs) (laughs) Um, just seeing all of that just being around all those people just literally like compounded and um, then I started starting stuff whilst I was I was was at uni as well Mm -hmm. so um, one of the first things I started when I was on you I remember very clearly was called buy me food right Mm -hmm. and what it was and I I like to believe I started Deliveroo before there was no there was any idea (laughs) you know I knew you were going to make a link why? I just had a feeling when you said by me, course, I said, yeah, I like, yeah. this man's gonna say he started. <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't have the hundred million that they had, um, yeah. but uh, I think that this was like about twenty ten or something like that. Delivery mm-hmm. started twenty eleven, right? Um, and then I, the reason why I started it was because at the time it was like the only so Warwick is like in the middle of nowhere, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like a massive sounds it field, and everyone is on campus. Okay, yeah. And so you got everything you need on campus. You like you don't have to go anywhere. So like we kind of call it the bubble because when you're there, you actually don't even have to leave. They don't even know what's going on in the real world. Mm. Um, so that meant that we only have like five places to eat on campus, mm. and the closest restaurant you can get to, you had to jump on a bus to get to Coventry for about half an hour and another half an hour bus journey back right mm. so the only food you could order was either Domino's 
or just eat. And at the time, just eat was just like your usual greasy takeaways. Mm-hmm. So there was no like Nando's or whatever stuff to order. And mm-hmm. th- like those guys didn't even order, um, um, didn't even allow for delivery anyway. Yeah. Um, so it's like, actually, why don't we just set up a delivery service? So this was me trying to go down the, the tech route, right? Because mm-hmm. like that's all I'm seeing everyone around me trying to do tech. Tech, 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 tech boys. Um, try and do like a delivery service um, and bring like Nando's and Wagamama's to students on campus. Yeah. And I, I literally just started doing that. And um, that was working very well, actually, until Nando's banned us. <laughs> Excuse me. Why did Nando's? <laughs> um, so we, we had gone to the store manager in Coventry. So Coventry was our closest Nando's, just about half an hour away. And at the time, they didn't, they didn't have a platform to allow for deliveries and stuff like that. So you still had to order us if you're going to pick up. Mm-hmm. right? But that still goes through the same order system that their restaurant had. Mm-hmm. So when I went to the, the branch manager, he was like, yeah, it's fine, whatever. We will just cater it for you. Um, but then at the peak of it, like on a Sunday, Saturday evening, for example, we can call in and put 50 orders through at a time. Yeah, I'm banning mm. you too. <laughs> right. So mm-hmm. that meant that if you came into the restaurant right after we've put in an order. Mm. You're going to wait. You're gonna wait. You, you, you can be waiting for like an hour. Yeah. yeah. So then that meant that their reviews and ratings on that particular restaurant oh, kept going, going down. down. And then head office was like, what the hell is going on? Mm-hmm. And then they figured out this was going on. They're like, nah, we're not going to have it. And then literally, like, and at the time, I think 80% of all our orders used to go through Nando's. Really? Like, people wow. just wanted Nando's, right? And um, and they were like, yeah, they called me like, sorry, man, we can't do it anymore. I'm like, bro, like, we're making, at the time, we're making, like, 20 grand a month. Mm. Literally just, like, putting orders through Nando's. Hypothetically. And they were like, nah. We work, we work, we watching. Ah, that's fine. I paid all my taxes. <laughs> that's crazy. Um, Did like, you do nah. it with your friends? Sorry? Did you do it with a group of your friends? No, it's just me. I just had like, I just had a bunch like, Nah, a you, this prevention, this was just you. Yeah, literally. Because like, so at a time, like, then I learned how to code, made a website. So all it was okay. is that we, we, we literally just duplicated the paper menu on the website. Mm. And then we would charge an extra five pounds for delivery. Yeah. That was it. So we were making money on the delivery fees. Mm. Yeah. And then because again, we were bringing it into campus, we could batch deliver or not. So we weren't doing yeah, it per order. One, mm. yeah. um, so for example, like we will pick like certain spots around you. Maybe like, well, I think we had like five spots around yeah. campus and then you order, you pick where you want it delivered, but then you had to order an hour before. Okay. So then that meant that we could literally just like deliver 20 orders together. Yeah. Literally, but then everyone's being charged five pound each. What a smart man. <laughs> right, so, That's smart. So we do that, but then so like our drivers had like, had a Three drivers. So each one would just do one location and then just batch it together mm. and then just bring it one time. So I, I literally had like three, four part-time drivers at, you know, at, at, at the top of it. And it was a simple website. And then just like some marketing, just like we printed flyers and put it underneath everyone's door. Now you're definitely destined to be a millionaire, you know. Mm-hmm. You know when you listen to some, some people speak and it's like, yeah, like this, that's so smart. Yeah, so, so that's how it all started, my background. Um, so yeah, I've been on it for a long time. <laughs> yeah, you have, you've been in, you, no wonder you're tired. You're tired since uni. Yeah, I've been on it for a long time. So even that, like, I think I, I even almost failed my first year at uni. Okay, oh, you doing delivery driver. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> Your mum couldn't hear that. Your literally. mum could not hear that. Literally. Um, but then, like, luckily for me, I think that the pass mark for first year was, like, 40%, and I got 42. Wow. Literally, like, <laughs> <literally>, like <laughs> scraped through. And then my first year, I didn't count. I was like, oh, thank Lord. And, That's um, crazy. And then we got banned. I was like, oh, yeah, might as well just focus on union. Maybe you're saving the money. <laughs> so you, oh, wow, that's so, that's so yeah. cool, though. That's sick, man. Yeah, so that's how, how I started. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, um, have you got plans to take Ava still back home? 
Um, yes, yeah, so, but then the, the market looks a little bit different, right? Okay. So when you so when you look at it in terms of particularly around price points, okay. Um, so when you look at price points across the UK, US, and then you know Africa, Ghana, Nigeria, and all of that stuff, mm-hmm. um, the price points don't work as it is at the moment because yeah. obviously, mm-hmm. like when you take something like cost twenty pounds, you convert it to cities yeah, right. or naira yeah. or whatever, it's just it's just mad, right? Not mm-hmm. not a lot of people will be able to afford it, but we also mm-hmm. need to be careful that we don't cannibalize ourselves because if we then take the same brand. Mm-hmm. over there and then mm-hmm. reduce price so that it works for the locals what's going to happen is people just going to import from there yeah. back here and then we end up just shooting ourselves in the foot in the west as well um, so it's about just thinking about what strategies could potentially work mm-hmm. um, it might be a thing where I don't know maybe I don't know you just create like a sister brand you know it yeah. does the same thing but or you know these yeah. the little different things so yeah we, just, we have to think about it carefully in terms of like how to really position that for it to work without necessarily mm. just like shooting ourselves in the foot, essentially. So that's that's a that's a difficulty. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, but but that's in your I guess your five year ten year plan. Um, sooner possibly, but then okay. again, like um, you know, the, the market is there was a little bit different in terms of like there's not really at the moment we are still 100 percent D to C S and I we sell directly from ourselves to the customers, right? Okay. In that market, we'll probably we'll have to look like retail because there isn't really the last like a proper infrastructure around last mile delivery service mm. to be able to really do online. So then it means that you need to be in stores and in shops and you know in all these market sellers and just thinking about how to really work that logistics yeah. is a whole different business, right? Mm. It's a whole different board game and just really just figuring that out. You we know. do pop ups. Yeah. In the meantime, yeah. Or like, I mean, one of pop-ups we can always go and do that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. It doesn't mean that we are full in the market. Yeah. What was uni life like seen as you were Balling. breaking in 20k a month? Were um, you seen as a playboy? Were you seen as a, a mark? No, nah, like, it? I mean, to be honest. We said a mark. <laughs> um, I think one thing about me, I know that I've, I've never really necessarily, uh, one thing I don't like about me is that I've never necessarily been a saver more. So I've been, I've been, my mind has always been, I can always earn more. Right. But you're generous though, because obviously Ghanaian men don't have a great PR, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> Hopefully we're generous, trying to survive, I mean, uh, re- uh, what, revive that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of that went into like investments and like trying out different businesses. Probably by the time I was done with it, I've probably tried another startup that probably like <laughs> soaked up all the money anyway. So I'm like, well, that's mm. gone. Um, let's start again. Let's figure out what's next. So you um, really were a serial entrepreneur. Mm, yeah, yeah, the type of stuff that you actually tried. Run, run through the yeah. what the the, the rest the, of the ideas. So yeah, the, um, the after, and whatnot. So after uni, um, after uni, I tried to bring that. So by the time I was done with uni, delivery was in the market for about another two or three years, right? So I thought actually one thing they don't do very well is I wanted to bring out that same concept that we had in a concentrated space um, where, where whereby it worked really well for work in terms of like the unit economics and all that stuff where mm-hmm. we can deliver multiple goods to people yeah. in one location. So we thought actually let's bring that concept to like places like Canary Wharf where people can bulk order and you know, multiple delivery. We tried it for about a year or so, it didn't work. Um, so that flopped. But also I had a mentor that wanted to go into, so her, her, her business was in care homes. So she will buy care homes and, you know, um, uh, turn them around, like failing care homes and turn them around and, okay. you know, get them like, working properly. And she wanted to diversify what she does in business. And she wanted, at the time, it's like, these protein bars were really coming into into play. Um, mm-hmm. And she wanted to do something like that. So she literally just, I funded the idea. I went to run it for about a year. And then I left. Um, there and then I joined um, this drinks brand I was with before for another, I don't know, two or three years. Yeah. But then in between that, I had, you know, learning like you know, digital marketing, have like an agency mm-hmm. and you know, run all these bits and bobs around. So yeah, I've literally been everywhere from tech to 
and that's what actually got me into FMCG in terms of like fast moving consumer goods yeah. when she wanted to do that. So literally built a warehouse that could produce like 4,000 units a day, um, formulated that all that bars and stuff like that. But then I left because I didn't quite agree with the way she wanted to do it mm-hmm. because her experience was, right, let's pull off money in something and then get it up and running, which yeah. is fine in her care home business. But what I was learning in tech is like, everything needs to be like minimum viable product, which just means mm-hmm. they need to be able to figure it out and test it out and make sure people like it before you put a lot of money into it. Before you put it. a lot, yeah. And then she was like, well, I'm going to you know, put in 150 grand, let's build this, let's build it. I was like, nah, I'm not sure it's supposed to work like that. And it's like, what do you know? You're only just coming up, right? <laughs> I was like, you know what? We're going to keep biting heads. Let's no, just yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and okay. then, yeah. So, um, during all these particular stints, looking to, you know, find that one. Yeah. Were you working? Um, yeah, so I've always been consulting, like just doing work on the side for other businesses. So whether it be either like, so throughout all this as well, just don't forget, I'm I'm building up a lot of skills, right? Mm. So all these skills are stacking up. So when it comes to like digital marketing, like web development and all of that stuff, like I, I learned how to develop websites when I was at uni because I needed to do it for mm. buying me food. Okay. Right. So then it's almost like one of my mates were trying to try charge me three grand to create our first website. I'm like, mate, I'm gonna do it myself. I literally spend two two months. What like, risk is he? Sorry. What? What do you say? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I learned it myself. Literally done it, and then from then on, just like you acquire the skill. Then you need to market. You need to learn like how to run Facebook ads, Google ads. You learn how to do it. Now you got the skill, and then these other skills that and then other startups are business are after. So mm. you can literally like contract. And a lot of the times, I know how long it takes me to do the work. Yeah. But then I'm charging a full day rate. <laughs> right? While I was doing my other stuff on the side. Yeah. yeah. And how was your dating life during this um, 10 year period? Oh, boy. I, I think my wife is listening. So. Oh, is she? <laughs> Morning, Queen. <laughs> Morning, Queen. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> it's the past, man. Come on. I mean, well, I don't think it will be any different to. Your average guy, to be honest, with you, like, you know, yeah. going through, it. <laughs> <laughs> trying, going to, through trying it. to figure out, you know, who is who and what's going to work and what's not going to work. That's the business question. What's what? <laughs> you, know, you are not press resistant. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Oh, um, I was going to say that with the skin, did you Google the skincare industry? Uh, did you, yeah, did you look into, did you research? Um, did you so see there's any products out there or anything like that? The one thing I knew was, um, also particularly from like ex- um, people's experience and what they've said, mm-hmm. was that they didn't really have products that was essentially made for them. Okay. Right? Particularly when it comes to like people of color, black people, Asian people, yeah. if you have some form of melanin in your skin. Uh, people always felt like there wasn't a product that they can go to because when you look at it, I looked into this as well, it's almost like a lot of um, formulations is done based on white skin. Yeah. So then therefore you don't really trust whether something's going to work for you or not. Mm-hmm. So for me, that was one, one of the key reasons why we wanted to really niche down to, in order to focus on this segment because I think we wanted people to know that one, we understand that, you know, the thought process, even, even if some you know, a, a big brand say this is for you, they've yeah. probably formulated it with not your skin in mind, right? Okay, yeah. So we really didn't want it to niche down and be known for this group of people because we are formulating with our own skin in mind first. We're trying out on black skin, Asian skin, just to make sure mm-hmm. it works for us first before anybody else. And actually what we discovered is if it works for us, it actually works 10 times better for anybody else. Okay. So, um, so yeah, so we looked into that, did all that research, saw that gap in the market as well, which sort of like, you know, informed me mm-hmm. to be able to then double down 
and um, and doing what we do. But I mean, now there will be other brands out there. But I think we're probably one of the definitely the biggest in the UK and the in this market. Probably one of the biggest in the US as well. Um, a lot of our business actually, uh, most of our business actually is in the US actually. Okay. So you know, we have about seventy percent of our trade are all to the US. Oh, nice. Yeah. I never even know what products. What products it is that you um that you have that you formulated? What was the first product you ever formulated, and then what are the ones you have? All the ones. You um. Have? So now we have fourteen SKUs. Um. Okay. It started with just two. So the first one is the magic cream. So we call them the magics because that's the one you know that's supposed to do all the magic, right? Mm. I don't know. Cliche. That's when I got you there. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then like it's paired with the activating body scrub. Okay. Um, which essentially is not necessarily. I mean, yeah, it has the benefits of exfoliating, but it's supposed to actually be paired with the magic cream. So there's actually science behind it, and the reason why those ingredients are in there. So it's actually because it helps improve blood circulation into the area that you're okay. trying to treat. So okay. if you've exfoliated and, and you have more blood circulating, it once you mm. put the magic cream on it, then it's gonna work a lot better and a lot faster, right? Mm. So that's actually the science behind it. Okay. Um, but people think it's just for exfoliating. Nah, actually, it's. it's I would. I'll be honest with you. I would. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes when you do something, it pairs. I'm like, ah, oh, I bet it does. So, yeah, that actually makes sense now, yeah. Yeah, so um, so yeah, that's the first we, that we started with. Mm-hmm. And then now we have a whole range. So we have a whole body range. Um, so then with the Magics, we got the Winter Body Cream, which is basically like a way better version of whatever cocoa butter that you used to use growing okay. up. Um, you guys should try it. You absolutely in love. Um, is it? You haven't tried it. You, Actually, you, you walked in here with uh, I was like, did you come in here with... Um, or you, I'm swinging. Huh? He's, he's bringing no, he's 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 bring something out from his pocket. In a small pocket. I've always got one in my pocket. Um, no, I'm so sorry. I thought you were coming here with gift bags. Not I mean, a pocket. My team will probably. Is it? Is it? Probably send something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, probably. <laughs> my, team, my, team will, my team will probably send something. I would speak to your people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> but yeah, this is one of my favorites. Like, listen, I was leaving home. I was like, listen, let me just grab this for you because I don't know what they've sent. Can you right? imagine? <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> no, my team, they'll probably send you. <laughs> probably. Yeah, yeah. That was like, they're always on job. Is it the last time we're going to hear this team? Can the same thing? The team has got this. They've got it. Probably like next episode, probably see Avery still ever. Next episode, tomorrow morning. Okay. So what, make it the... Is there? Is there? Have you, have you got products for um people like me? Of course. You got million, you mug. What, what do you mean? <laughs> who are you? Who are you? But no, that, that, that's no also, because a lot of the products. Sorry, a lot of the products yeah. that I saw, obviously, and I think they're amazing. It's helping people with um bad skin and blemishes, yeah. isn't it? I'm saying, what about oh, the so people with perfect, with perfect skin? <laughs> you say it's like literally every day, just maintain your skin. Yeah, that's what I need. Yeah, that's what I'm looking yeah, at. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Renna, you'll also be surprised, right? A lot of customers. Are you laughing, bro? Because this is what it's you a fair question. It's a genuine yeah, question. Yeah. If I'm already perfect, why do we need it? Yeah. To maintain? <laughs> to maintain it! Yeah, come on, man. <laughs> I, didn't even think I thought he was talking about his skin colour. No. But also, people do ask, that's right? That's honestly what I thought. That's why I was like, you've got melanin in you. Like, what are you talking about? That's why I look at you like, I was thinking, excuse me, what kind of question is that? But I mean, okay. like, people do ask. Like, we see, like, we see all sorts of questions, right? Yeah. And I think, like, you also have to almost, like, remove yourself because sometimes the customers don't know because like, mm. this is the problem where we've gone for so long with nothing really being made for us so they yeah. don't know what's for them and what's not for them yeah. like sometimes they might see someone of a darker complexion using it and it's working for them think, actually is it going to work for me because I'm a little bit lighter or all that mm. stuff right um, so I mean from the customer's perspective it's always a fair question because they don't know so it's our job to you know, educate them and just be okay. like listen it doesn't matter what shade of cream or caramel or you think you are yeah. you know it's you know, the product's going to be okay for you I was gonna ask as well, is it like, is it for your body, is it just for the body or is it for the face as well? So we've got a face set and we've got a body range as well. Um, okay, and yeah. body one, the face one, would you have like a magic 
version of the face or yes. okay yeah so we i mean to be honest i mean initially when we created the magics the magic was it was actually formulated so that it will work for on your face as well mm-hmm. um so, but you know once you start people start asking for different things mm-hmm. so we now have the phase version which is we call the night cream which okay. you use before you go to bed which is water-based that you know pretty much does the same thing as the magic spot okay. just for your face basically if you have any blemishes clear it up i want to try that one yeah okay because i did think because sometimes when when the skincare stuff and you can use it for your body and your face i'm like not what's sure the <laughs> Because I don't want my, yeah, do you yeah. mean? I don't want like a gre- like greasy, greasy face. skin no, or like sense. a yeah. block pores and stuff like that. So it's like I'm always very weary. I'm like, mm, yeah. if it's good enough for my body, how is it going to be good enough for my face? Because it's different kind of skin. Yeah, yeah, no, it makes sense. And obviously, so, sometimes people have oily skin, dry skin, all that stuff. So well, you have to yeah. figure out, you know, what um, where you're on. That's and we say for the magic stuff, there's def- there's there's no um there's no is have you like obviously say your life your wife was worried about using mm-hmm. products that's going to bleach her skin. Yeah, is that something that you've that put to a minimal or is that you just totally event that there's no bleaching of the skin no so there's no chemicals there's no bleaching that um what we do is it literally restores your skin back to what your complexion is supposed to be um in terms of like you know what's in it in terms of our active ingredients and and the science behind it Mm -hmm. so like you know knowing from the community we come from like skin bleaching is a big taboo big big um i was saying i was you know i was thinking that this might be what gets the answers to stop man yeah big no no so um that is gonna give you the Jamaican sun kiss? Yes. Whoa! <laughs> yes. Whoa! So, yes. whoa. <laughs> well, I mean, I can't promise I'm going to bring the sun to the UK, but... No, no, it's, it's restored my natural skin colour, what, what England took from me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of time is, is, is for, like, hyperventation that is, is able to target, like, all these dark spots without making it lighter, basically. So, yeah. like, you, you, you can, when you look at a lot of our before and afters, you can look at the colour of the skin around it, around the problem area yeah. on the before and you see that it's still the same on the after but then like the problem areas have also like, you know, like mm. even that. Do you have like, would you, do you have your your um, products in stores like Super Drugs and Boots and whatever Oh, and would you like to if you don't at the moment? Um, at some point, it, it again, it depends, right? Okay. So at the moment, we don't do any retail um, apart from unless we're doing our own pop-up stores and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So everything is still 100% online. Yeah. Um, but then, at a point where it makes sense, mm-hmm. then we will consider it. Um, because again, like the world of retail is a whole different business, mm. right? In terms of like, you know, selling, selling direct to customers. So um, uh, it works differently in terms of like your production. Because for example, like Boots can come and just like give us 100,000 units tomorrow. And because we've set it up that we run our own production, we don't use a third party producer, right? Mm. We might not even be able to fulfill that, number one. Number two, it depends on what margins that they want to give us, right? Okay, so then yeah. they might say on that unit, we want to take 60% margin. Right, for me, that ain't gonna work. Because I'm getting 100% of my website. <laughs> yeah. So if my customers are coming to me anyway, yeah, why and would by I... me, then mm. finding them through Boots or whatever it is. I mean, again, it, so it, it, there are there are things to consider. Yeah. Um, is is a never say never, but it just it just has to make sense basically. Mm. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, what advice would you give anyone that wanted to kind of go into the skincare industry? I guess to kind of create products and stuff like that. Um, just make so for me, I think. The main reason why I think this is working because we're really solving the real problem and there's a very clear distinction in terms of like what we're doing and why we're doing it mm-hmm. and the problems we're solving. I think I feel, I see a, a lot of times people trying to go into it with just another nice to have. And yeah. I think like it's really, really difficult to shift a nice to have to display someone from what they're already using and mm-hmm. what they're already doing. Yeah. Um, so for example, like if you came to me and just be like, oh, I've just created like a natural deodorant for you. I don't really care like that. Yeah. <laughs> right. So... 
for me, I consider that's that's a nice have. Unless it has like a very unique utility that mm. I need, um, it will be hard to change me away from what I already like and what I already do. Yeah. So just just bear in mind, just you know, think about you know what can I do to create a, to solve a problem for someone that they don't they don't really have a solution to. Then yeah. that makes it easier for you to be able to get into, um, you know, find customers essentially and just yeah. you know, get in there with your customers. We got a question from one of our listeners, Black Rob. Um, he says, "Ask him." No, sorry, forget about. If Unilever or isn't Unilever or Unilever? Unilever. Unilever. My bad, it's not joining me. If Unilever or PNG come with a bag to acquire, but they want to change the ingredients, are That's you selling? Interesting question. <laughs> you know, this question comes from um. So there's a so there's been a lot of backlash around um, particularly like big big black owned American brands. Uh, Who was it? It was a hair one, wasn't it? Yeah, there's been a few. So there's Mayo. Mayo, that's the one thing. Um, yeah. Mayo Organics. There's been a few that recently is like Honeypot and all that stuff, right? Mm. The question is around always um, maintaining the the brand as one black owned and all that stuff to be able to serve us. And I 100% agree with that. But also the problem is that I think a lot of people don't understand yeah. from the non-business aspects, from the consumer aspects, it makes sense because obviously we're making it for ourselves and this still needs yeah. to remain black owned. The problem that business owners face is a lot of time, so a lot of these businesses, in order for them to do what they do, we need to raise money, mm. right? So it's what all well and good in saying still raise money from your people, but like, who in, the black, spending, child. who in the black woman is going to give me 10 million pounds to build this? Okay. Right. Yeah. So a lot of times the people we're actually raising money from that nobody really knows in the background mm, don't look like us. Point. Right. But then at that point, I mean, the moment you've done that, you need to return that money at some point. Mm. Right. And then in business, one of the probably the only, not the only way, there's few ways, but the, one of the most viable ways to return the money is to have an exit which is quote unquote sell to a bigger company, then obviously you get the money, then you pay your investors, you take a cash day, then mm. you then reinvest in all the other stuff, right? Mm. Um, so I think that's where the understanding is to come in that if if our own communities not, are not funding our businesses, we get to a stage where one, without the funding, we probably have to grow a lot s- slower, which is fine, there's nothing wrong with it, but for a business like Everest, for example, a lot goes into R&D, yeah. marketing and all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that means that you need to raise money in the beginning to then make it back later on. Yeah. Um, and if you're not getting that money from your own circle or from your own community, and you have to get it from outside in order to still serve your community, know yeah. that you're not serving your community, at some point, like, you're going to have to exit. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like my hand, like your hands become tired. And so what's happening a lot in the black communities is like we are, so a lot of these brands are then exiting and then using the money to start funding new businesses coming up. So okay, there's a yeah. guy, so the Shea Moisture guy, yeah. right? So he sold his business to Unilever, actually. Mm. Um, this was maybe like 10 years ago. And, but he sold for 800 million. Okay. Right. He took that money. And then all of these new companies that are now going through the thing, it's fun, they're all funded by him. Okay. Right. So Mayao went through um, Rich Dennis. Um, Honeypot went through Rich Dennis. So there's a few. There's about 10 big brands. In the, you said uh, I'm playing checkers, not chess. Okay. Right. So, so exactly. So it's almost like we need to start playing the game where mm. we need to start building the capital within mm-hmm. the community to be able to then fund our own businesses mm-hmm. but he needs to start from somewhere mm-hmm. right um so there's that misunderstanding and mismatch if mm-hmm. you're in the business world you you get it you understand mm-hmm. um so there's that mismatch between consumers and our customers thinking like this needs to remain for us but donnie's asking for his money back yeah. <laughs> right um so i think ultimately like what would be amazing was like if we had like a i mean at some point for example like if you know png came like well, yeah, we're going to give you 100 million, mm-hmm. right? Pass over Averestel. We're going to make sure that it's still black-led, mm-hmm. all that stuff. 
nothing is going to change. And I think that's the key thing. I think especially when these brands change Yeah, because some of you, some of the hair change. products, I'll be honest with you, it, it switches yeah. owners and now it's not really working for my hair like it was when exactly, these were right. producing it. So in-house. I think like, that's the key thing. We have to make yeah. sure that at least like, you know, when we are negotiating these things, mm-hmm. um, those conversations ahead and we can lock in those contracts as like yeah. formulation doesn't change. This work for these people. Yeah. The CEOs and people running it because a lot of times like they don't even have takeover. They just want to have that as part of the portfolio so it can still be independently run Mm -hmm. Um, but then you get all the resources to then like double down and then like grow it 10 times faster take it Mm -hmm. to Africa take it to and still serve our people Um, but then that also means that I can then fund the next 100 businesses that are coming up so that Mm -hmm. they don't have to go through the same problem right so we have that chicken and egg problem solution thing where we have to find a solution to I was going to say you know you you would have done well as a lawyer (laughs) all of this is say yes I bloody will sell my business I mean, well, so there's not the right now we don't we don't have that problem. There's no clear cut, right? Um, but also, like, if you also think about it, right? Mm-hmm. How many how many brands that when you were growing up mm. that you used are still around today? Take about Palmer's, right? And then and that's about it. So also mm-hmm. as as business owners, we also need to think about that not all brands live forever, mm. right? Mm. So with that reality in mind, because yeah, it's all well and good to say, yeah, I'm going to pass this on to my kids and all of that stuff. But like, if you really sit down and think about even like 10 years ago, where were the brands that you use that you still use today? Mm. You probably don't, maybe like less than 10% of them. Yeah, that's true. Because I hate, do you know what? One of my worst things in life is things getting discontinued. Oh my yeah. gosh. Hate it. But that's, yeah. So, that's true. so if I know that's going to happen to me in 10 years time, yeah. wouldn't it be better for the community for me to cash in the chips when I know that's about to happen mm. and then we go again on something else built for yeah. the community. Because if we keep saying, well, I'm going to pass on to my son, he might not even be interested in this. <laughs> right? Speak on that, boy. So then like, then passing all our stuff and in, in 20 years time, the brand is dead. It's yeah. gone. No one really made anything that, that was that, yeah. So there's that, there's that part as well that we need to be wary of. A couple of questions. <clears throat> First of all, um, we have another host, another presenter mm-hmm. who is not in today. Um, Gina, yes, uh, she's Gina, a Gina. she's a bit of a queen, you know. She does a little fitness thing, you know. Yeah, I know Gina. Sounds like sells at venues and yeah, yeah. She's so vexed that she's not able to be in today because she wanted to pick your your brain. Yeah. Said you you inspire her so much. Oh, thank you. And I guess we'll invite you on the next time when it is that she's here. Yeah. And you, you could We're trying to get her to do some work with her actually. So, oh, you've been trying to hold on. She's been ignoring you. What? No, no, no. My team. I, I believe my team is. Nah, don't do that to Gina's team. Oh, this same team. So the team where nah, you know we ain't getting products. Can you imagine? You because you said your, your team is trying to get Tracy Gina, but they haven't. No, no, no. I'm saying that they've been talking, not not. That mm. they don't matter. Don't matter. So secondly, secondly, where does love for community come from? The is, love? It, is it genuine? Is it authentic? No, hundred percent. Like I said, like I I I created this. For Esther, right? Uh, it was, uh, there Sorry, it's my human here. I'm like, <laughs> right. So this was this was never supposed to be a business for me. It was, it was almost like, no, I met this girl that had this problem. Yeah, I knew how to create something. Mm-hmm. I did it for her, and then she was like, oh, actually, do you know what? No, my mom, my friend, my sister, mm-hmm. and then just then looking at down at the community, actually, there's a big problem here mm-hmm. that we can solve, right? Obviously, I'm coming from it from the entrepreneurial perspective in terms of like seeing the gap, but at the same time as well, no one is really solving this problem in the way that we understand, in the way that, you know, helps and support the community, mm-hmm. right? So what better way for someone that actually understands than anybody else mm-hmm. that really doesn't really necessarily care mm-hmm. and necessarily seeing us as a, you know, a, a check mm-hmm. to then come in to do it. So for us, like, you know, the love for the community, everything is 100% genuine, authentic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, like, 
I think we're probably one of the very few brands that actually also give back to the community. Yeah. Um, I think like over over Christmas, we gave away like five grand in like different gifts. Like someone won like 2K holiday just from the community. We just literally oh, like, yeah. went on live and just like, you just win something and just like, like, like yeah. a random person. So it's genuinely trying to solve problems within the community that we understand that we know that we can come up with solutions for. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that side as well, obviously, I mean, this question was also leading to then, you know, why sell and all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Then it also brings the business aspect into it, whereby to do this also costs money. Unfortunately, yeah. right. So it's almost like you're battling chicken and egg, where you know money goes into this, other people's money, your own money, all of that stuff. You're building a career out of it as long as also serving your people and all of that stuff, right? Yeah. So I don't believe that there's anything wrong with serving your people and also mm. like having the business out of it at the mm. same time, um, as long as it's genuine and all that stuff. Then love that, love that. Um, good morning, Gina. No, Brent, your signal's okay. fighting, babes. Trying to show shade and God protects me, she doesn't understand. <laughs> What's well, it again? Hello? Hello? Connect to the Wi Fi, babes. And then call by WhatsApp or something. I can't hear you. Oh, alright, okay. bye. Yeah, straight to mm-hmm. Sorry. That's fine. I'm going to give her a chance to call back, no? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I hope she does. Gina, call back properly, please. Okay. She sounded like she had Vim. I'm trying to understand what's going on. I definitely didn't, I. I mean, yeah, because she sounded like she was. That was her, like, uh-huh. when Brent's trying to shit. Let's see. Good morning, Gina. Hi, how are you? Oh, this is this is clear. HD, 4K. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I said I'm calling in as soon as I heard you try to slander my name. I had what, to did I say? <laughs> what did I say? How did I slander your name? No, but you were like, oh. So she's been ignoring you? I ran for my phone. I literally <laughs> ran. Like, I ran. <laughs> and then it didn't connect the first time. And I was like, no, wait, wait. What did you run? I actually wanted to draw you out so it works. No, I know you did. You yeah. did. But but yeah, honestly, I'm so inspired, man. I'm literally, I'm writing notes and everything. Oh, thank you. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Hopefully, yeah, we um we probably get to connect in person soon. His team, yeah, yeah. <laughs> team and his team need to. No, you know what? Like, there's there's so much to do. I I can't personally do everything, right? So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's like, like, like the, what now? There's like what twenty of us. So that's sick, though. Yeah. That's amazing. Literally. That's absolutely amazing. Uh, Gina, thank you. Yeah, but no, we'll, we'll definitely. No worries. Don't even Bye, guys. Like that, Gina. <laughs> <laughs> no, he leave him. It's fine because when I when I come back. <laughs> Tap on the throat. Yes. <laughs> Literally. I'm glad you know. <laughs> bye. All right. See you later, Gino. All right. Bye. But yeah, so, um, okay. Yeah. Love that. So, is there anything you guys have got coming up soon that you want to share with us or? Um, there's always a lot happening. Mm-hmm. Um, we just launched a new, uh, so with what we do, yeah. um, what we used to get a lot of questions around from, particularly from like moms and stuff like that. You okay. Know? For example, like, you know, be like, you know, my kid has got eczema, you know, mm. I don't know, um, chicken pox, all that stuff, like, well, your product oh, yeah, works. Yeah. So we've come up with a new baby line as well, not baby, like, kids well, like line. Like, kids range. Um, That's sick. Particularly just for that as well, more for, like, again, okay. problematic skin concerns around mm. kids. So that literally just launched, like, two weeks ago. Nice. Um, so that's new. Uh, but this is a long year. There's more things coming. You know? Has anybody yeah. ever approached you to cook anything else? Yeah, that's um, my question. You know, no. that's my next question. Spider Man. Um, 
Actually, maybe I don't want to tag into this. <laughs> hint, hint. What? Say that again. Cook anything else? No, we're not doing this. Basically, I was going to ask, what well, my question was, sorry, I didn't really tag onto that, I did not know what that was about. I was going to ask, like, would you go, outside of doing skincare, would you yeah. go into like, anything what? else? Like hair, like maybe? Heisenberg. Or... Um... <laughs> oh, I'm with you. Yeah, oh. I, just, I just wanted to know if it is in uni, did anybody approach you known for well that like you had a lab, you had sorry, skill Brent. sets and this, that, and Brent, sorry. He's, on, he's playing a game right now. Fair enough. <laughs> so just um, answer my question first. Okay. Um, yeah, so like, um, yeah, hair stuff, would you ever go into another... Yeah, so we've we've actually tried that. So uh, probably about two years ago, um, a, a lot of our customers were asking for like hair care stuff and all of that stuff. So we try like a hair growth oil. Okay. Uh, but I think it's we are very much well known for skin, and I think yeah. that's a little bit of a distraction. Okay. Um, yeah. So I think like people know us and trust us and love us for skin. Although I mean, again, all the formulation we can understand and do other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we'll probably, I mean, for the foreseeable future, we'll probably try and yeah. stick to skincare stuff and just like be the expert and like, the brand, in the go-to brand, brand yeah. in that market that yeah. you go to when you need a solution for anything mm-hmm. that's wrong with your skin. I think um, uh, it works better for us just to you know just be laser focused um, yeah. for now anyway. But you never know. Um, never but that's for it, now, man. yeah, for now, I just want to remain focused. Yeah, honestly, well done. Congratulations. Yeah, this is you. absolutely... It was always rooting for you to be a millionaire, man. Love Amen. We it. receive it. Love to see it. <laughs> add, um, a, add a B to it. <laughs> <laughs> millionaire, love it. <laughs> yeah, on the way, innit? Listen, on the way. You can start cooking other things. But I mean, like, I, I guess to a stage where for me, it's like, I'm... I personally spend money like that, right? Like, it's just like, I'm not very... You're not helping Ghanaian men pee out. No, but as not not on, like personally on myself, like I'm okay, not okay, like yeah, I'm not yeah. like lavish. You don't. Yeah, you live, so for yeah, me, yeah. like it's not even about the money. Just like yeah. I've, I just love this game of business, Sick. right? So like when I'm doing it, it's not yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, the money's nice, it's, but like it's a byproduct. It, yeah. it shows that you've won. Yeah. Um, but I think it's more of a feeling of just like just getting out, just yeah. figuring something out, and just yeah. doing it, and just like that mm. feeling of just like fulfilling something. I think it's yeah. me just what what drives it more than anything else. Is your wife involved in the business? Is Esther involved in business as well? Very much so, okay, uh, but from the perspective of, um, so when you are the wife of an entrepreneur, mm. honestly, like all that stress gets unloaded onto you, okay, <laughs> right? Yeah. So for her, it's just like, and also like we've got two young kids as well. Yeah. Um, so for her, it's just like literally like all my, and this is not a walk in the park, by the way. Like literally, like I was up at four this morning, for example. Yeah. Right. So. Um, a lot of the times, it's like she's like my sounding board, and I was like, okay, this yeah. this will not be here without her. So a lot of a lot of like like whatever issues I'm going through, it's just like, yeah. oh babe, like what do you reckon? Like mm. all this stuff. So but um but I managed to retire here now, so Ooh. yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Do you even like talk like that? <laughs> Brent, of course we do. It's lit. He listen, he has been on a winning streak since the first date. <laughs> the first date. Love that for her. Love that for you guys. That's beautiful, man. So we've got some questions we ask all our um lovely Guests. Guests, yeah. So the first one, um, tell us something nobody knows about you. Uh, so I actually had a starter. This is the like, first person to answer this question straight off, you know. Yeah, because um, when I was younger, mm-hmm. I, I literally couldn't speak. Now, oh, really? Right now when I talk, you'd be like, Are you, is it true? And literally never went to speech therapy. There's no speech therapy. In, um, and now you can probably see hints of it. Yeah. Um, there's no speech therapy in Ghana. So oh, literally, I had to like keep tapping my leg to get oh, words really? out. Okay. Um, but since I was growing up, I found ways around it. Now you know, I can just flow. So in uni, not... was it full on manifesting, or was it already kind of you had it? 
Uh, no, no, so this this started changing. I started figuring out ways around maybe when I got to about maybe 10, 11. So uh, like, okay. as I've grown up, I've okay, grown slowly, out like, you know, I've grown out of it or figure out ways around it. Cool. But That's normally sick. it's probably still there. Like anytime you hear like a pause in, in my words, that means mm, I'm yeah. navigating around it. That's <laughs> sick though. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, and your biggest, what's your biggest life lesson? Um, I'll probably say do not discount element of timing, right? Um, and I say this because I only figured this out and learned this after the launch of Ava Rostel. Okay. Whereby I'd been in, again, I was, I've been in business for the last 10 years. Yeah. So it wasn't like I was any smarter or anything like that on, yeah. in, in, you know, those things. Like whatever I knew then when I was launching, it was what I've always known and been doing. But it was almost like at the time we launched and the skills I had at the time, all just like matching together and bringing together for this particular idea for this yeah. to work. I think I could have never predicted it. Um, and I keep saying, I think if we had launched like maybe like a year before or a year after when we had launched, we have never seen this level of success as well. Mm. And but also like particularly in business and life, timing is the only thing that you can't control. Mm. Yeah. That is not in your power and your control and all that stuff. So mm. there's an element of being able to just like still be perseverant and just know that when your time comes, you better be ready. Like it will come, but better be ready. Yeah, that's word <laughs> because word. then like if if you're not able to capitalize on that, right? I should buy hand. Exactly, because yeah. like, during COVID, I'm sure there was a lot of businesses that came up. Yeah. But in our case, like I had all the skill sets, everything lined up to be able to just double down. It's like, mm. all right, cool, I can see this. Like, mm. let's go, let's put our foot on the gas. Yeah. Whereby, if you didn't know how to run marketing, run production, mm. doing all that stuff, you'd have probably not been able to capitalize on the yeah. same idea. So um, for me, it's just like the element of timing. Like, you will never know when it comes. Just mm. continue to stack your skills. Just continue to just get ready for when your time comes, basically. That's sick. Yeah. Before I asked you the last two. Yeah. Where the name Ava Estelle, where did that come from? So Ava is my daughter. Well, our daughter. And Estelle is a play on Esther's name. Yeah. I used to get called that in school a lot. So it was actually called something else and we got sued. (laughs) So it was called it was called Essie Care. So Esther's um um Esther's uh, nickname is Essie. Oh yeah. So obviously because she was inspiration, I named it after her and then with with the word care. So it used to be Essie Care. So sweet. Man. And um, cool. and then I mean, it's it worked. And then, like six months in, we're making so much noise that L'Oreal L'Oreal sent us no. a <laughs> L'Oreal sent us a season desist. What's it gonna do then? Uh, because because they have a nail varnish brand called Essie. Oh yes, yes, yeah. there is a nail varnish. I have. Yeah, yeah. And then for them, they're like, well, if we take it to court, the word care is just descriptive, so that okay, will not so count. So anyone can use the word care, so it becomes Essie versus Essie. Right, and then the argument is people will confuse their nail varnish brand with our products. So you'd be lucky to, anyway. Yeah, so I'm thinking, well, wait, this is skincare because I, I knew about it, but my my rational and thought process was they don't nail varnish, we don't yeah. skincare, we are doing it for you know people of color. They're just like so there was no way people were confused at all. I would have thought that as well. Um, so that was my rational reason why I still went with that, but clearly not. So we had to then figure out a new name. And uh, which means that Esther was not very happy because it meant that what well, we came up with Ava first and then the Estelle and then now Ava thinks the brand is hers. Love that for her. <laughs> Right. Young queen, and, love that for And her. she's only four years old and then Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, she's still in her mum's shine, unfortunately. But um, Aww, yeah. I, that's beautiful, man. <laughs> that's beautiful. And then our next question. So basically we ask our guests to leave a question for the next guest. Yeah. And then you will then leave one for the next person. Okay. So the question that was left for you is what have you achieved today that your 13-year-old self will be proud of? Oh, this is great for you. Um, for me, I think 
20 million dollars. I mean, I, I think Period. personally, I, I'm, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty personally living my dreams, basically. Right. Oh, so, like, I've, I've always wanted to do this, and now yeah. it's like I'm in the middle of it. So, mm-hmm. I think, like, you know, from that perspective, I sort of like speak from a place of privilege. This is what, from the age of 16, this is what I always wanted to do. Yeah. And now I'm literally living, living it. it. Right. So, and it's not even about money or whatever. It's like, like, I wake up every day, it's like, as stressful as it is and mm-hmm. as hard as it is, it was like, I don't see myself ever doing anything else. Yeah. Right. And this is what I always wanted to do. So, um, yeah, I guess now looking back, well, if my 13 year old look forward to like, oh my God, like you kind of you done it. it. Yeah. So yeah. that's yeah. amazing, man. Well done. Honestly, yeah. that's amazing. And then now you've got to leave a question for the next person. Um, my question for them will be, what are you doing now to make the world a better place in five years time? Okay, to make the world lovely. Okay, nice that. Like that. Thank you so much. Thank you. Please You're let welcome. people know um, the website, their Instagram page, all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, of course. So it's Averestel, A V A E S T E W L. So at Averestel will be Instagram. Uh, website is www.averestel.com if you're listening we're running a Valentine's Day promotion so make the most of it before it goes away um, and my personal will be yao y-a-w underscore okay on IG lovely. lovely thank you so much for joining us I thank hope you've you. had a good time with us of course it's been amazing and uh, by this time next week I hope my team is listening and you have products already. yeah they've already emailed laughed saying don't worry they emailed already, <laughs> 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 they already yeah see that, see that that's what I mean. That's They're on job. They're on job. They've already emailed. Okay, credit to them. <laughs> credit to them. Credit to you guys, man. I love you guys. Yeah, <laughs> They're on that. job. <laughs> They're on job, actually. You're, yeah. They said, we're not trying to get fired for that. <laughs> All right, lovely. Thank you. Right, let's get into our last headlines for today. Dude, and then let Chujoki just mention the Nigerian news. It's, that's oh, yeah, shit. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah. My bad. That's fine. This sorry. Speaking of Nigeria actually. <laughs> I genuinely forgot. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> Well speaking of Nigeria actually, this is absolutely amazing. Black excellence, really, really cool. So basically, the UK's first black female Michelin starred chef is from West Africa, man. Love it. So West African cuisine Thank you very much. West African cuisine is gaining traction in London, according to the first black woman to be awarded a Michelin star in the UK. Adjoke Bakare is the founder and head chef at Shisuru, um, which received the honour on Monday. The restaurant, which specialises in modern West African cuisine, began as a pop-up in September 2020 after Bakare won a competition in Brixton Village. It then moved across various sites in London before finding a permanent home in Fitzrovia in September 2023. Bakare said, We make our own rules. We answer to no one. We do our own thing. As a black female chef, I'm not totally sure I can, I could have done it any other way. The chief inspector at Michelin in the, in the UK said Bakare's style is unique and the restaurant is a wonderful reflection of her personality and her cooking. It is fun, full of life, generous and hugely enjoyable. A Coco, another restaurant in Fitzoria, um, specialising in West African cuisine, was also awarded a Michelin star, star at Monday's night event in Manchester. She's... she's Shizuru, I think I'm, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, um, was one of the 18 new restaurants to be awarded a Michelin star Monday. Bakare said it did feel rather odd at last night's ceremony that 90% of the room was white, middle-aged men. But the passion I see among young women in the industry is such that I'm confident things will change. 
it's an enormous thrill and privilege to think I might have had some influence on that. Big up her, man. That's absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go try that restaurant now. You tried it? I'm going to go. Yeah, I want to try it, yeah. No, Especially if it's in Fitzrovia, right? Yeah, it's yeah. uptown, upscale. It's your, your time to talk, Slip. Mm. And then our last headline for today is about the NHS dentist shortages. So dentists who set up practice in areas of England with poor access to NHS care will be offered a £20,000 bonus. The government has mm. also announced higher payments for dentists who take on new patients and teeth cleaning in schools as part of a plan to expand levels of dental care. The £20,000 golden hello payment will be available to up to 240 dentists, about 1% of the workforce, with the aim of getting more people to work for three years in the so-called dental deserts where there is the poorest access to NHS care. And the government hopes increasing the standard payments all dentists get for carrying out NHS work will tempt more away from the more lucrative private market. Dentists have argued the money they are paid by the government to provide NHS dental care is not enough to cover their costs, especially in cases where people need complex procedures. So well, go to dentists, go to dentists twice a year, guys, for a checkup at least. Um, that is time. No, it is time to pay some bills. And let's get into the reaction. Welcome to the reaction, people. That's where I read the sports headlines. Today we have no headlines, but luckily enough, we have an AFCON correspondent who's been hard at work, boots on the ground, mm-hmm. blades in the mud. Mm-hmm. Joe Gay, where you at? Where you at, Killy? And I think Chelsea beat um, Aston Villa last night, three one, isn't it? Yeah, I think Greek wants us to make sure we mention that. Is he a Chelsea fan? Yeah, he is, but he's obviously been quiet this year, isn't it? Yeah, they're down bad. They're in the mud. Oh, that was good. That was a good away win, though. Mm. Villa at home. I swear we got them next, then, innit? Have we got them at home or away? Do you know? You wouldn't know because you don't yeah, care. Yeah, because you said we. I'm not a United supporter. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, if you're a football fan, you should know where the fixtures no, are. I could usually this. tell. I could usually tell you like, where you're playing, whether it's home or away and stuff. Come on, Brent. Where are we playing next, young man? Huh? And who are we playing? You are playing hello, hello? next. I think. Oh my God! I know. You're up, you're, no, Upton Park, sorry. You're away, you're away at West Ham. Fair dues. I'll give you that. <laughs> well done, Max. Come on, man. Nailed it. Good morning to you, okay? Talk we to us about are... Nigeria. Morning, morning. Um, yeah, no, I would... I, I wanted to start, well, properly, because we didn't really go through the round before properly. I apologise. There was some, like, interesting... No, that's absolutely fine. I understand you wanted to go home early. <laughs> So, I mean, if we're talking quarterfinals now, obviously Nigeria went through 1-0 versus Angola. There was a lot There was a lot of... Um, that game wasn't as good as the other games, so it was a pretty... It was, it was a tough game, but we went through, so that was standard. But with the next game that evening, the Mali Ivory Coast one, that one was interesting because... Mali went 1-0 up, and I think this is the first time in a while or ever that I saw a guy actually put his hands up and say sorry. <laughs> so the backstory was his parents are from Ivory Coast. So he was almost like apologetic for nearly knocking out Ivory Coast. Is it? But then they went and scored. Yeah, they went and scored on the 90th minute 
And then last kick of the game of the extra time, they got their winner to go through. That's mad. So that, yeah, that was a mental game. People got sent off, you know, just through, I think one was the second yellow for celebration for that goal. Oh, so he misses the semi-final on that? So one of the players missed the semi-final. That's bonkers. Uh, Yeah, no, it was crazy. And then it was, I think, so Congo. Congo won their game 3-1. And I'm pretty sure you saw PK's um, video just shutting down Tottenham. Yeah, I see PK dancing on the car. He was in the Oh, absolutely. And then someone confirmed that it was her uncle that was doing the dance in the white tracksuit <laughs> like one of my friends was confirming that I was like oh boy so yeah that was a that was a massive result for them obviously Congolese people were going mad and then I think last game was the Cape Verde South Africa game that game again was a tight game but it was I think the story was the the penalties because South Africa keeper was moving mad, say four penalties in the shootout. So yeah, he was coming in with like great form. So then obviously we get to where we got to yesterday with the semi-final. So there was a big, there was massive pressure on Nigeria. And I don't know who was doing whatever background juju nonsense because Nigeria played bad. But they managed to get through on penalties, which South Africa were waiting for. But now we we obviously went through 40 on penalties. Great result. Obviously, people said we took over Amal Piano, so that was a good, good time. Good times. <laughs> now Brent, Brent, Brent did well. You know, he was playing. He was playing the song, so no, I appreciate that. Should you okay? He was not. Because when Brent was testing, he out was the saying he did. Thing, okay, up here, up, up sorry, here. sorry. So he was. So yeah, that was Brent. Yeah. That was Brent. Just this is fake news. Okay. Don't listen to the thing. Yeah. Yeah. No. So we are so in the finals. We are Ivory Coast. Yeah. Is so this a win? Congo. Yeah. What for Nigeria? Yes. Is it a win? Call it. <sighs> you know what? Nigeria Congo no, final no, would no, have been dude. epic. It would have been massive, and that's what I was hoping for because I think, yeah, it would have, it would just would have been better for like any of the UK side anyway. I think it would have been massive. Yeah, it would have but, been bonkers. Um, yeah, no, I, I think the reason why I don't want to call it is because this Ivory Coast team have got some of their better players coming back. So Heller's now back up front, and the Brighton youngster as well. I'm trying to remember. The Negro, I can't remember how to right. say his name properly. Two one, three one, four two. Why what to Nigeria? So yeah, yeah. I know, I know. He wants me to know, but I would just say one nil, one nil. Okay. I, I, we we hope, we hope. I'm not gonna, I'm not going to Okay, one nil. Thank you very much, King. Be guided. Okay. You're the best. Be You're the best. Thank you very much. <laughs> Let's be guided. Thank you for your report. Thanks, Jake. Thanks. All right, Thanks. All right. It, man. Love. Well, that is the end of our sports news and the end of our show. Let's get All into right. the outro. Oh. But 
I want. I thought I wanted to go back and highlight Astrid dancing because I want Astrid didn't. No. Hmm. She's eighty percent Nigerian. She bought proof. She bought receipts. What kind of receipts? Um, and she, she, DNA and, websites. And, mm. They be glitching sometimes. <laughs> How much percent was it, Brent? 18. 18. And if it is that you flip it, obviously, when you look at it in the mirror, it's 81, isn't it? There you That's go. That's a lot. How does she, she speak with an Nigerian accent? You want to find out? Go, go, go. Yeah, go on, go on then. Let's do it. I mean, we're already here now. All this right, could yeah. potentially be done, eh? This is, <laughs> no, this is, I don't even need to even do it. Let's see. Why is she louder as well? Shouting at me. Nigel, you haven't won a trophy for the past 10 years, but. Accurate. What's she saying? I didn't even understand it because I don't understand Yoruba. Now <laughs> 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 that I'm here, I'm going to be your good luck charm. Come on, Nigeria, Ivory. No, start the video again. I need to get what she said at the top. Nigel, you haven't won a trophy for the past 10 years, but now that I'm here, I'm going to be your good luck charm. Come on, Nigeria, Ivory Coast or Congo, you go chop next. Let's go! Okay. Is that it? Oh. Is that a Nigerian song? Dan, that's a good luck. Anyway, thank you very much. Thank you very much. I don't want to stand the attraction at all. I can't stand that girl, yeah. At the, at the best of times, what I can't stand her. Nothing. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. But anyway. I can't stand her. I've seen her face. I can't stand it. And I think that made me can't stand her even more. I'm not going to lie. Boy, anyways, thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you to our lovely, lovely guests. Don't forget, check out Ava Estelle with the girl. Uh, Valentine's treats going up on there. What so kind check of it out. What kind of discount we got? Healthy. Valentine's promotion. Heavy, 50%. Healthy. Healthy. <laughs> nice. So. These things only happen once in a blue moon because Valentine's <laughs> is a love story. So, that's actually true this yeah. is you guys this season this is your season yeah, yeah, yeah. that is true so make you never make know you it. might ever still might find you a partner honey <laughs> you don't know <laughs> but um, no, thank you for, for real for the, thank you for joining us we appreciate it you're welcome thank you it's been a pleasure big up your team as well um, yes and thank you guys for tuning in as well we always always appreciate it um, everyone who asked a question our lovely researchers our lovely editor with the clips sick mm-hmm. Big up everybody. Um, follow us on our social media platforms the day after TNB on Instagram, Twitter, and on the Clock app. If you want to send your dilemmas in, the number is 075 6484-1073. That's also the number to call when we're live on air. However, we might have a little twist because if the Discord thing goes according mm-hmm. to plan, you can just join our Discord. Mm-hmm. Do that now anyway. Join the Discord. Um, it's nice over there. And we might be using the functions tomorrow. Mm-hmm. God willing, if our enemies are not on job tomorrow. If you want to inquire about the show or feature on the show, our email address is the day after at thenewblack.com. See you guys tomorrow for Friday. Please. God. Bye. Thank you.